A misfit group of young magic users comes of age at Inkwood, an unconventional wizarding school famous for accepting everyone and bucking old world traditions, in stark contrast to its infamous rival, the British School. This is Hexbreakers, a Kids on Brooms actual play on the Happy Jacks RPG Network. Hello. Hello, hello and welcome. Um, this is session zero of Hexbreakers, a Kids on Broom actual play. Um, right off the bat, you're going to notice that we are all in different places uh, and we're playing remotely. Oh, no, um, we aren't actually going to play the game remotely. For session zero, we had a few health problems. We had a little bit of a COVID exposure. So just to be safe, we're doing session zero remotely. Um, but we will start next week here, uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m., actually playing in person, which I'm very excited about. Yay! Yay! Um, Kimmy says we're all in different locations, but actually everybody's in my house. They're just in different rooms. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> it's very fun. That's, we're having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> I lucked out on the I lucked out on the VO booth, so I have the fans. <laughs> I'm in the garage. Yes, yes. Um, it's weird as Emily wouldn't let us interact with each other even when we arrived. Yeah, like, no, we no. all got yeah. moved no. to separate locations. I I made you all. I had my cats lead you to different spaces. I don't actually know where you all are. I just know you're in my house somewhere. <laughs> I, I live right in an behind you. Mansion. Really gets us in the spirit of this game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, um, I am Emily St. James. Uh, I'm not just talking over everyone. I'm ostensibly in charge of this show. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm here to be uh, your GM for the next several weeks. Uh, we'll be playing weekly, except for the week when I have to be gone. But we'll be playing weekly otherwise. Uh, and, you know, uh, health permitting, all of that permitting. Um, the game is called Kids on Brooms. It is a uh, spinoff of Kids on Bikes that is about uh, kids attending a magic school that might remind you of a certain book series whose name will not be mentioned on this stream at any time. Actually, if you all screw up, it's fine. But <laughs> <laughs> I am never going to say the words right. of that book right. series. Um, and it's not left. What do you have against Neil Gaiman's books of magic? It's a great <laughs> book. <laughs> Listen, I love, I love, uh, Ursula, Ursula Le Guin's earth seas, like in that world. Uh, right? yeah. They, yeah. Like, yeah, there's all these magic school books. So we love most of them. Um, yeah. So, uh, I thought we were playing game of thrones. We are. That's <laughs> listen. Today's the day when we decide what kind of magic school we attend. If you want to attend a magic school where a character is randomly killed every session, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I did Kids on Thrones. That's yeah. the next. Kids on Thrones. Yeah, the yeah. next project. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the goal of the game is to um, have magical, fun adventures. Um, we are going to be playing tonight, coming up with characters. Coming up with setting, uh, all of that. I have a fair amount of setting in my brain already, but we will sort of warp everything to fit. So why don't we have everybody introduce themselves first? Uh, and I'm just going to go uh, left to right on my Zoom screen. We're going to start uh, with Kimmy. Hello, my name is Kimmy. She, her. Um, I don't know who I'm playing yet. Like I have a few ideas, um, but I'm very excited to play this game. And yeah, next person. Uh, Riley. Hey everybody, I'm Riley Silverman. I'm a relative newcomer to the channel. I've only done a one-shot in the advice show on Fridays. This is my first like actual campaign with Happy Jacks, but I've been Happy Jacks adjacent for a pretty long time over our, our friend channel, uh, Saving Throw, and things like that. So 
done a lot of RPGs, and I know exactly what I'm playing. But I'll see. Are, are we talking? We'll wait until we get into character stuff before I talk about that. But I, yes. I have a very, I had a pretty strong idea come to me pretty quickly. So yes, yes, uh, Adam. Uh, Halito, everyone. Uh, my name is Adam, and I am uh, very excited to be here. And this is my triumphant return to Happy Jacks. I have not been on a Happy Jacks actual play uh, in over two years since uh, since right as COVID was starting. Um, so, and in true Adam fashion, I am two years late to the trend, and I got COVID. So that's why we're not all together tonight. <laughs> um, so. Anyway, uh, I don't care. In your knows. defense, like th- uh, three of us have had COVID in the last month, so it's not <laughs> right, just yeah. you. Like, yeah, it was I like had a it earlier domino. this year. I think, yeah. I think, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, but yes, I am, I am happy to be back here, and I'm really excited to play this game uh, because, uh, uh, because uh, she uh, should uh, she should not be named, and we have way more fun things to do than talk about her. So, sorry, uh, Adam, that. was was the yes, last I, Happy Jacks game you played? That masks game that I was uh, also in. I was trying to think of this yesterday, but I think I think actually it was the Shadow Run game. I oh, think okay. Jason's Shadow Run game happened after Eidolon Academy. Okay, but I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I heard Eidolon or, Academy was really good. I heard it was run by some amazing GM. It, it was truly yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> it won like six Emmy Awards. You should go check it out. It did. It uh, did. And, four and a Tony, weirdly. Yeah. Four Tonys. Four Tonys. Yeah. We got one for best lighting. Yeah. <laughs> and it oh. got nominated for an Oscar, right? It was almost yes. that triple. Yeah. 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 Yes. We almost, we almost right. we got it. You got um, it. Yeah. Almost. almost. <laughs> um, the the Grammys are what threw us off, right? I wasn't Right. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were snubbed at the Grammys again. Uh, yeah. Jay, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Jay Africa, he, him. Um, and I also have a pretty good idea of some aspect of my character, but I'll wait until character creation and world building uh, until we, you know, until I flesh out all those other details. But I am very much looking forward to playing with all of you lovely folks. So thank you for bringing me on about this. Uh, thank you for bringing me on board this, uh, this AP. Um, I will, I will, of course, uh, be playing all of the other characters. I'm almost certainly going to insert a character named Emily, who is the most charismatic woman to have ever lived. And, uh, we'll have fun with that. Um, so. It's legit. Um, yeah. So just to sort of talk through, um, kids on brooms, um, what we're going to be doing tonight is creating characters. We're going to be talking a little bit about, um, some of the safety tools. Um, we will probably handle some of them off mic because nobody wants to hear us talk about our particular, uh, business. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to be creating characters. We're going to be, uh, talking a little bit about the setting and sort of exchanging questions and things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we might, we might play a little bit of a, a game called, um, I think it's pronounced Dekuma, um, but uh, we may we may play a little of that um, just if as time allows. But uh, the thing about Kids on Brooms is, like Kids on Bikes, it uh, asks you to sort of play within a specific archetype, and then it offers you a bunch of different archetypes, which I really should have turned to the page for already, um, but I did not. Um, Eighty-two. But, yeah. The. Uh, yeah, the so like I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some of these here. Here we go. 
uh, we have the uh, aloof teacher, uh, bullheaded muscle, charismatic slacker, etc. Kids on Bikes um, allows you to play in three different age groups, um, sort of the younger kids, the older teens, and then faculty. Um, we kind of talked about this in the Slack, sort of, that we thought we might want to not have this be a game with faculty in it. But if some of you come up with a with a character who just seems like the world's greatest, like like i don't know english teacher um fine we'll, we'll work with it but um so uh if y'all want to uh sort of start thinking about your characters in terms of those tropes that's kind of how i recommend doing it um even though the character creation sheet kind of has like come up with a name first um but yeah so uh start thinking about tropes that you might be interested in and um yeah i uh you know, uh, my, my favorite part of any, listening to any Session Zero podcast is the long period of silence when people are filling out their character sheets. <laughs> so here's what <laughs> what I would love for you all to do is pick an archetype and start filling out some of the information. If you have questions, you can certainly ask me. And I'm just going to monologue. I don't okay, know. Okay. We'll, we'll have know, a good time. Let's let's talk real quick. Um, <laughs> I know we're not we haven't done like world building, but we're, what's kind of the tone that we're going for? We're going for like. Mm-hmm. mysterious like young adults or like i think um you know that the tone that i'm aiming for is something that is pretty mysterious and has lighthearted elements um but is also open to things that are very much that very much happen in, in the real world um you know that has some of the um darker elements like this is not going to be a, a game where you know we're routinely having grim, dark elements. It's not going to go that far, okay. but it is going to be open to um, inherent to the setting of the world. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. It's, it's a certain degree of structural transphobia. <laughs> so um, that's fun for everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do want us to bear in mind that, um, yeah, this is a little bit, a little bit more serious than like middle grade, but still not all the way to like full on George R.R. R. Martin. Um, I think, I think a good reference point is if you've seen the TV show of the magicians, that's okay. kind of a, that's kind of a good, Ooh, that's zone pretty, to that gets pretty heavy into grimdark. So yeah. it does, it does okay. in later seasons, but like Let's season that, one uh, is ah. season one is they're singing Taylor Swift. It's a great time. I'm going to be singing Taylor Swift <laughs> and the happy. Do you remember RPG. what happens to Julia in season one? <laughs> I do. I do. Like, like. <laughs> It's the, here's the thing. I've read the book so many times and in the book, it's like, you know, so much worse. And okay. Show, okay. All right. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what we're doing yeah. is with the tone we're aiming yeah. for is specifically the first two episodes of the magicians TV <laughs> series when they hadn't quite figured out what they were doing. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I obviously, um, we don't want it to go full on, um, super dark, but I do want there to be room for it to be a little bit serious. Okay. Um, but we also should have fun, you know? We're going to have monsters and talking yeah. cats and stuff. So, What well, age my- do you think we're looking at, do you think, for characters? Um, it, you know what? It, it, it does not matter to me. You know, I think probably a mix of young and teen is fine. Again, if there's faculty, then we'll kind of have to come up with a, a story reason for that. But I think we were all kind of like, maybe we want to do uh, teens and, and kids. I do think um, if we end up with a mix of teens and kids, um, there will be, you know, I'll probably try to work in some mentory type things. The mm-hmm. idea that like this child is your responsibility for some reason. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 
I want to leave a lot of this up to you, um, okay. but I'm happy to answer questions for you about what I have in my brain because I always have like <laughs> 70 things going on in yeah. here. So. <laughs> Just, is this like a like a, an all ages school or is it a specific range of ages? I think that it is. Um, I think that we should think of it as very, being very similar to a boarding school experience because the students go here and boarding schools traditionally start around like age 11, 12. Um, and unless one of you like desperately wants to play an eight year old or something, I think let's say that like 13 is kind of 13, seventh, eighth grade is kind of when mm -hmm. people start attending this school. Um, and they come from all over the world. The school is situated in Northern California. And I will talk more about this specific setting that I have in mind. But if that gets your, your, uh, creative engines running in any way, it's set in the Pacific Northwest broadly. Yeah, I would much prefer just for my own comfort level, like that we play like like 13 and up is good. But like, if, yeah. I'd prefer that we not go younger than that because I yeah. still get super stressed out about kids in danger. Mm -hmm. so, oh, no, yeah. I appreciate no. that. I, I'm the same way, kind of. I think like, I, I need a teen in the, na the number to feel like it's OK to have some <laughs> sure. a little bit of danger. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And also, like if there were kids, then I would. The content would have to shift accordingly. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I agree. Um, 13 and up is good. And, you know, um, also if you're all like I, 17 year olds, then there's going to be so much like weird tension between all of you. And I that's, so. that's kind of what I was asking about age. I was, I wasn't asking so much about like adults versus kids. I was asking like what era of child, like child or teenhood are we, are we all thinking we want to be playing and that? Yeah. 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 And I do yeah. think like, I do think there is kind of a divide between early teen and late teen, but it's not as wide as like teen and kids. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm, well, I'm thinking around 15, but I don't know how the rest of y'all are feeling. So like, I can, yeah. I'm pretty malleable. I was, I'm just going to adjust my backstory a little bit depending on how old we are. Yeah. I can kind of go around in that same range as well. Like 15 is perfectly fine for what I've thought of so far. Um, I have, I have some ideas, but they can kind of fit in at any age range. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and so, but I think being a little bit older as in like, you know, not quite uh, like not the 12 and under crowd, I think, uh, I think is, is more, more where my, my ideas will fit better. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Uh, 13, 14, 15, anywhere in there, I think is totally fine. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I think, um, a, a better way to sort of answer, um, the question about, um, uh, mood or setting or whatever um, is I think I think I'm going to aim for PG 14 like okay. just like like <laughs> one notch beyond PG 13 but nowhere near R and um, right as you know um, just just to speak yeah. about my own preferences I have a pretty hard line against like you know graphic violence um, sexual assault that sort of thing happening in game um, you know like uh, yeah we can we'll talk more about other stuff for lines of veils off mic because again I think that's no fun for people to have to listen to but that's just <laughs> just letting you all know if you're listening that's going to be the case going forward there's not going to be um any of that stuff and also if there are kitties they get to live that's just yes. the rule the I cats do, all live. yeah yeah so. yep excellent okay yeah I know. No, I, think that, we're all, I think we're all on the same page there. I think that's a good mix yeah. of things. I think that my totally. one concern about the magician's statement just got like assuaged <laughs> very well. So I feel good. Oh about yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I love we, that show. Yeah, I do but, too. Yeah. But yeah, I do. It's not. Yeah. It's not a show that I can argue with somebody if I recommend it, and they go, "Yeah, not for me." I go, "Fair, very fair." Fair. I understand yes. you. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kimmy, what, what what's up? Uh, I was just gonna say, just for people who are. Uh, 
joining us. Um, we've also been like chatting for a couple weeks about this game, like leading up to it. So like we kind of have figured out like each other's comfort levels and stuff like that. We are definitely, like you said, going to do lines and veils, but this isn't the first time we're all talking about this stuff. So yeah. Um, I do know that some of us already have um, kind of the tropes that they want to kind of pick. Uh, so if you've already picked one, go now because I that way I can go last because I haven't picked mine yet. What? Kimmy's going to go last because she hasn't picked her concept yet? Don't be like so calling me out and the thing that's very true and always happens every single game. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you like even like go past the bullheaded muscle trope? I, I, I did. I feel so called out right now. Oh, I'm sorry. You told me not to call, <laughs> not to you call out. me out. To call you out. Oh, yeah. You were muted earlier when you said not, and oh. then you turned it off. The mute, and yeah. then you said call yeah. me immediately. Out. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're clipping yourself. You like do, and then you muted, and then you unmuted and said call me out, and it was very confusing for all of us. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> this is awesome. I could totally rip on Kimmy and then blame it on audio issues. I love it. <laughs> Only until no, next week when we're back in person, and then I can throw things right? at you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Riley, you said you had a pretty clear concept, right? I do, but I feel like Emily keeps trying to say something, so I want to let her. Oh. No, I literally was just saying, yeah, let's uh, let's start by those of you who kind of have something figured out. Just do give us a very bare bones introduction. Um, sure. Kids on Brooms has a very like weird system for building character in my mind. Um, so we're going to start with very bare bones, and then we're going to kind of fill stuff in as we go tonight. So, um, yeah, Riley, it does sound like you're um, excited to go. Sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm excited to go. I'm not like, I want to be first. I just, I just, I, I think I have a pretty clear idea of what I want to do. So um, I'm playing the, the haughty descendants, which could be spelled either way as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> But the idea that I have uh, so far, it's pretty basic. I don't want to get too deep until we start getting into world building stuff. But her name is Daphne Morgan, and she is basically from a very, very old, very like established wizarding family in this world or mage family. I'm not sure what terms we're using yet. But so she and her family have been previously legacies at a different school, and this is she's the first member of her family to coming to this school for reasons we'll get into as we discuss things. So she's kind of a legacy breaker. And that is that is where I have of her right now. And then I don't know if we're going to get too much into that right now. But that's so Hadi descended. I'm very much playing the kind of like maybe a little bit classist, maybe a little bit like trying to like still figuring out how to deal with like people who are like of different social standings in the, in the magic world. And also a bit of like a problem in her own family because she's like really breaking this like long standing tradition. So. Um, just to fill in a little bit of um, uh, world building on my part, uh, in the world of this game, there is a school called the British School. That is all anyone ever calls it. Um, that is the world's most famous magic school. Where, um, But it's also not trans-inclusive. So um, that may be... That's a metaphor. I don't know if anybody will understand what it is <laughs> for. But uh, does anyone else have a, have a character they're sort of uh, circling? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, Adam, but you know, Adam, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. All right. I, 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 uh, I usually uh, put myself last, so I will accept that offer to go first. Thank you. Um, okay. So, so I'm thinking probably the firstborn caster. Although there's a couple of uh, a couple of other tropes that I could kind of fit into, um, but uh, but I am 
uh, I am thinking that, uh, and, and I do have a name, which is, it's Tanager Folsom. Um, and, uh, and uh, Tanager is uh, a gender fluid two spirit uh, uh, from California. Um, there's a big Choctaw, uh, um, uh, a big Choctaw uh, presence in Baker, around Bakersfield, uh, um, which is where some of my mom's family is from, and I'm Choctaw, so I'm going to dig into that because as long as I'm uh, digging into gender, I want to like also dig into the rest of my heritage. So, um, so that's the thing I'm doing, and I really want to do that because I trust all of you. Um, so. Uh, uh, oh, anyway, so so essentially, um, you know, she is kind of a um, kind of an oddball. Uh, a, a gender fluid pronouns, uh, they, she, him, whatever, and um, so they're kind of an oddball and uh, uh, are experiencing magic for the first time in a, a uh, in a world that has that does not generally deal with magic in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, her family and community uh, are used to the magical world around them. They're completely aware of it, but uh, but not uh, but they don't experience magic. This kind of like being able to directly manipulate it the way uh, you know the the European way. And uh, and she is the first uh, or possibly the first person in her uh, in her community to. Uh, develop these abilities to to uh, to also participate in the European tradition. So, um, I can you just remind me of the firstborn mm-hmm. caster trope? Just just remind the audience of the firstborn oh, yeah. caster trope. I guess I'm saying. Yeah. So so this was. Um, I, I mean, um, you know, at, at the uh, it, it, at the British school, it would probably be closest connected to you know uh, a name that reminds. That might rhymes with Schmenorini Ranger, yeah. Um, so, uh, but but no. Uh, but basically, the the idea is this is somebody who is from a non magical family, somebody who uh, somebody who has magical abilities, who is uh, not from the world where that's common, and and they're uh, in addition to the character trying to learn about and navigate this newfound magical world in whatever way they're going to deal with it. Their family also has to uh, learn that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to loop back and let Riley fill in a bit because I feel like we are sort of just, that's fine. I'm glad we're doing that, but I want to ask, yes, go ahead. So there's one really important from, uh, for Adam that everyone's dying to know. Um, The abs, how many abs does your character have? We're going with the standard six. I need to keep this grounded in reality. Okay, okay. Since it's <laughs> yeah. like thirteen years old. Okay. Yeah. There's room right, for exactly. like magical yeah. ab augmentation yeah. later. So right. I need, exactly, I need yeah. to keep this grounded in reality. They yeah. said <laughs> sitting in front of an image of flying books. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Riley. That's a that's a that's callback to Adam yeah. tends to describe his characters with a a large number yeah. of abs. Some that are. I, I don't know if you know how. <laughs> I- explicable it already was the the the, the question pretty much explained the premise okay, i don't know if i needed <laughs> i don't know if i needed it explained to me it was pretty clear in the bit just yeah check. 
yeah. Adam, uh, I do want to ask you what was yes. what was um, uh, what was Tanager's exposure to sort of the European tradition, um, and why did she um, why did she spark to it, even if it was begrudgingly? Um, you know, I'm wondering. Actually, uh, I'm I'm thinking maybe uh, maybe she has family that lives near this school, mm-hmm. and uh, and so um, and. Normally, uh, normally most people around who are not part of the school, uh, if this works out, if everybody's cool with this bit in the world, but normally people around the school kind of are veiled from, it, you know, the non-magical world, uh, don't really necessarily see the magical things that are going on around them, uh, if, if that's okay in the world that we're building. Um, uh, but but uh, Tanager can, and... Uh, and so they're able to uh, they they were able to see some of this and started just kind of uh, like, you know, maybe saw some magic user in the woods, uh, you know, outside the school practicing and, and started mimicking it and uh, turned out was able to uh, to start to do the same. Uh, Riley, I want I, Jay. I'll get to you in a second here, but Riley, I want to circle back and let you introduce your your character to um, a, a greater degree. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Daphne is she? Her? She's a trans girl, and the idea that I had was that, and this is why the age will matter to me a little bit as we move forward. But the idea that I had with her is that. Her family has always attended the British school since it was founded. Like, they are a long legacy to the school. But because she is trans, I think that I originally was going to have, when I thought we were playing a little bit younger, I was going to have it be that, like, she could not go to that school. But I think that actually, based on if I have around 14 or 15, I think she actually did attend that school for, like, at least a year or two. But I think as attitude shifted and there was a little more of a close down on things, I think that, like, I think maybe her family's status allowed her a little bit of leeway to be able to go there, but it kind of came to a point where at least before whatever the current term that we're in, if, if either this year or the previous year, she basically was given an ultimatum of like, if you come back to this school, you have to attend as a, as a boy and you have to be in, you, you can only play sports as a boy, you can only live in the boys' dorms and things like that. We don't care who your family is and stuff like that. And so she was really kind of given this choice of, do I stick to my family's legacy or do I just want to study magic as myself? And I think she made the choice of, I want to study magic as myself. And so that's that's where she is right now. So the haughty descendant is is like the person of like a very like established family. I think it's pretty self-explanatory trope, but um, that was the idea that I had. And my big inspiration for this character was that one of my favorite characters in another story is a character that was played by the actor Tom Felton. And I'm always really fascinated by characters who maybe start out or, or even maintain somewhat of an antagonistic point of view to begin with. But there's a lot going on there where there's like some sort, there's a little bit of trauma in their life and there's a little bit of things that have made them as they are. And I thought, what if you took, what if you took that same character and you put, and you made her trans and then she could not go to the school. That was like her family's birthright. And so like, how does that, if you make that change to that character early on in her story, like it's a completely different arc for that character, I think. And so I'm really curious to play that out and see where it goes. And that's why I got really excited about it. 
for some reason, I have a lot of questions about the mechanics of transition in the magic world. Um, <laughs> well, that, guess what? You're in charge of that. So you get yeah, to tell yeah. me how it works. I'm yeah. curious. So I'm curious to know when um, uh, Daphne uh, came out and uh, the level of acceptance that her parents gave her. I think that her family, I think so. She, she, I'm going to say she's 15. Let's just make it 15 okay. and that's it. I think she she dallied in it a little bit because that's what I did. Like I lived as very gender fluid for a long time, obviously way later in my life because I'm a lot older than Daphne is and I didn't live in a world where there was even as much of a conversation about it as there is now. So I I, I think I came out as, as some form of trans at 27 but didn't start transitioning until I was 33. I think she around... I think from her, a young age, she was always like dabbling in somewhat gender fluid play and stuff like that. And then as she got older, I think that I think she maybe came out around 13 or 14. And like, so I think, yeah, about a year or two ago and started transitioning. I actually think that her family, I think there's a divide depending, depending on who your family, who in your family you talk to. I think her immediate family, I think her mothers are both like very positive about it. Which I just decided that about her. Uh, I think her mothers are very positive about it. I think because, so I had, I had, the idea that I have is that the Morgane family claims to be descended from Morgan Le Fay. And like, that's like the ancient lineage they're coming from. I think because they're from a very powerful witch, I think they're a very matriarchal line. And I think that they, rec- like, so depending on who you talk to in the family, I think that they recognize like this feminine spirit in a care, in a, in a, a witch. And they're like, let's support this. Like, this is like your identity. You're like, we're, we're descendant of someone who very much claimed her own power in any time that was like very patriarchal. So let's, let's like support this. But I think there are other members of the family who maybe are more established in like the society elements of the world who are not as okay with it. And they're actually like really angry that one of their family is not attending the British school anymore. Like they're like, this is, this is what our family does and you're not doing it. So I think like she probably has some uncles and maybe it's even some aunts who are a little more like prejudiced against her and have actually given her discrimination. But I think her actual mothers, like I think, I think what happened was her, her family has enough money that for at least a couple of years, they were able to like make donations enough to the British school to like keep her in good graces. And then I think that like, that level of privilege finally ran out where it was like, look, you can, you can spend all the money you want. We're not letting her go to school here as a girl. Like if you, she goes to school here, she's going as a boy. So mm-hmm. I think that she finally hit her, her own breaking point with it. Even after they named the library, the Daphne Morgane library. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a question for the table. It's not just a question for uh, Riley. Uh, Shape shifting is possible in magic world. You can take someone else's form. Why is magical gender transition? That's a really bad way to put that, but I'm a translator. I get to say whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why yeah. is it impossible? Why is it not possible to permanently uh, take a new form um, as a as a as a magician? Can I offer a thought? Sure. Um, what if it's the what if it's the refusal? Uh, and this uh, this might dilute it, but I'll just throw it out there. What if it's the refusal to do it as a magical transformation? Um, that is the controversy does that make sense if if there's a magical option um but but to uh but to not choose to rectify it uh, rectify it in in their eyes you know uh through magic i I don't know it's a thought that i had like but but i don't know if that's that makes it less about like well what if it's what if it's something that just what if it's something that they just haven't figured out how to do yet? Like they've found mm-hmm. like 
like temporary transformations and things like that, but nobody has yet discovered the correct potion or spell or whatever mm. that will make the transformation permanent. Yeah, I kind of like that. I think maybe maybe mm-hmm. transmogrification spells perhaps are very painful. So I think maybe it's a lot of pain to go through every day. Yeah. I feel like because I was thinking like, yeah, if you could cast a spell where you could just shape shift every day, why wouldn't you just every morning wake up? It's like putting right. on makeup. But maybe yeah. like it's a really painful, powerful spell you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a high cost mm-hmm. to it. Now, would that be for transmogrification for anything? Like if we're changing to animals or changing to inanimate objects as well? Uh, that's a good point. Maybe I don't want. Maybe I don't want to limit us, so we can't do. Well, no, no, no. I don't. I don't. No. I mean, I think that's. I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, what we come up with just might not apply to other forms of life or other other objects and such. Mm-hmm. You know, well, there's just something intrinsic about the true self that. Yeah, I think even just like like Kimmy's idea about it being just not a very permanent spell and maybe even yeah. maybe it doesn't even last all day like maybe it's something yeah like you just don't it's like the, the amount of consumables needed to keep doing the spell just wouldn't be kind of yeah i think i think yeah. one thing that i like about the system is it has a thing about duration mm-hmm. um the longer a spell lasts the harder it is to cast and therefore if you were going to transform yourself into someone else for the rest of your life if mm-hmm. i was going to transform myself to look like the popular singer songwriter taylor swift um <laughs> for the rest of my life that would be extremely um, costly and take away, you know, it would be very costly on myself, costly on my, you know, psychological state. So, yes, if it, I think, you know, if you're going to turn into a cat for a day, that is going to have a cost and you're going to need to recover from it. But it's very different from saying I'm going to be a cat for the rest of time. That would be really mm-hmm. difficult and hard and mm-hmm. virtually impossible. So yeah. I think I'm I'm leaning on the side of. In theory, it could be done, but the cost is so great that doing it is just terrifying and, and horrible. Mm-hmm. I also have a kind of maybe building off of what Adam was saying earlier. I think that like this is a little bit cyclical, but bear with me. What if it's sort of a thing where. OK, like. OK, so in the in the Mighty Thor comics with Jane Foster, like a big part of the storyline is that she has cancer and the, the Thor when she turns into Thor she it knocks out all of her chemotherapy but leaves the cancer and the reason why is because Mjolnir recognizes the cancer as part of who she a part of her physical form mm-hmm. right so that's I think that with with being trans I think that magically like if you take if you are a trans woman and you try to cast a spell that has turned me into a woman from a magical point of view it's like well you're already a woman sure like uh, you don't yeah. need to physically be transformed like you're talking about like a like a physical change but you already are the thing you're trying to turn into. And maybe that's where like magic can't quite figure out what you're asking it to do. Right. Cause it already recognizes your own identity as valid. Right. And like, uh, if, yeah. uh, go ahead. Adam. Oh, uh, and, uh, and this is uh, not trying. I don't want to center myself in this conversation, but I do feel like that's a really beautiful recognition of, of what it is to be trans or what it is to be not the gender, not cis, uh, you know, and, um, is I, I do not identify as trans. I do identify as non-binary. Um, and but you know, it does. It, I I like that as a statement of acceptance that your you know the magical world is telling you you already are whatever you uh, whatever you feel you are. That that's your identity. And 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 to you know and so the idea of trying to change that is always going to revert back. You know, but not because it's. Uh, you know, not because one is, uh, you know, not because your sex assigned at birth matches uh, or should 
or not because your gender identity should match your sex assigned at birth, but because your uh, your sex assigned at birth is irrelevant to your yeah. gender identity. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a way of saying like, no, it, it's, this is sort of the natural state, but it's an accepting understanding of, of the natural state rather than a, a you know a natural state sounds problematic so i withdraw that word but yeah but i think i think you know what i mean i think Hopefully. it's yeah <laughs> i, I, I think sense. i think it's a really beautiful idea riley i really like it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There's a there's a comic that goes around trans circles every so often. That's like um, someone asking a genie turn me into a girl, and genie's like, "You already are." Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. that's a very shorter version of what I was trying to describe. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like that's why like the that. magical spell for transitioning for physical for tra- for like essentially magical HRT is not the same thing as like socially or mentally transitioning. And so like that's the yeah. spell's like, yeah, I can make these can like magic is like we can make these these physical changes, but that's not permanent because there's the cost to magic and things. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, okay. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad we figured that out. Jay, yes. tell us a little bit about your character. Okay. Uh, so I am playing the withdrawn bookworm, uh, a 13 year old. I, I wanted to choose um, someone uh, because they are, not in their element. Uh, my character is named Dante Cecilio Aguilar Suleiman. And I'm going to put that in the chat. So <laughs> write that down if you need it. Uh, he is a Filipino-American uh, from Orange County, California. And um, his family, uh, he, him, uh, he, him, his pronouns. And um, his family uh, is actually in tech. And so they are pretty far from the magical world. But during a visit to uh, the Philippines, uh, he had a supernatural encounter. Um, by a uh, 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 what's called a baleta tree. Uh, they're trees that are indigenous to the Philippines, and they have um, a lot of folklore tied to them. Uh, and this supernatural encounter took him out. Uh, he was rushed back to the United States for medical care. Um, and shortly after, he started exhibiting um, just these magical abilities that uh, his family was incredibly shocked by. Um, not really knowing what to do with him, uh, after this, they decided to send him to magic school. And so, uh, at 13 years old, he is leaving home for the first time, uh, in his entire life hmm. and, um, hoping for the best. How did your family know about this magic school? Um, I'm going to say they're, they're pretty wealthy. And so they do have some connections and it's not necessarily that they're against magic. Uh, they just don't, I mean, one, they, they don't follow that world. Uh, they don't, uh, um, um, you know, they don't necessarily pay any attention to that world. Uh, and in fact, until that supernatural experience, they didn't really know much about that world at all. Um, but I'm going to say that they, uh, let's see, uh, a family friend of theirs, um, who has sent a student to another magic school, um, mentioned it to them. And with a little bit of digging, a little bit of research, they were able to learn more about this school in the Pacific Northwest. Um, what, uh, what is the thing in your family history, in your family tree, the story everyone tells that makes you think maybe you are not the first person in your family to have magical abilities, even if it's not acknowledged that, you know, this other person was. Ooh, 
Okay. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that uh, a long, long time ago, during the um, Spanish colonial period of the Philippi- of Filipino history, um, uh, Dante had like a great, 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 great aunt um, who fell in love with a, uh, with a, I'm going to say, uh, a, one of the Spanish, you know, occupiers. Um, they were not allowed to be together, uh, for, you know, cultural prejudice issues. Um, but one day or one night rather, um, when the, uh, when his, uh, great great ancestor tried to run away uh, with this with this you know with the Spaniard um, there was a flash of light and all of a sudden both of them disappeared and uh, in the place where they stood there was well, let's see what's a good one um, in the place where they stood I'm gonna say there appeared. Uh, a couple of pieces of petrified wood intertwined. Um, and nobody knows like what happened exactly, how that happened, why it happened. But this piece of petrified wood became a family heirloom that has been in their household for a long, long time. And that is the legend around it. Uh, some of the families swear by it. And like a lot of the, the modern generations just pass it off as fun legends. But at the same time, Nobody can explain how these pieces of petrified wood were shaped the way they did and where it come from, where it came from. Nobody can trace where it came from. Yeah, cool. Like that. Um, question for the table. How well known is magic in this world? It sounds like if you do some digging, you can find out about it. How hard do you have to go digging? Um, obviously, um, Dante's family has wealth, has resources to do that digging. If you are someone who doesn't have those sorts of resources, how hard is it to find out that magic exists? Like definitively, I feel like it should be very hard, but I feel like it's something like if you Google it on the internet, there's like a million sites that some of them have it right. Some of them have it wrong. Like, so like everyone can learn about magic, but like people who can actually, who are not already in the magicking world who like can prove there's magic. It's like very difficult in a very small number. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of like that idea that the, you know, the, the magical world lets the rumors persist because the, you know, they just get out of hand and wild and, uh, and they, you know, as many of them are wrong as they are. Right. So they, uh, you know, they often lead people in the wrong direction and, you know, like, oh, they can't possibly be magical. They aren't using a wand or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, and, and at the same time, that's sometimes how the magical community stumbles onto people who maybe need help getting integrated into a magical community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, what's the number one rumor that's not true about magic that uh, that people still believe anyway, including some people who are in the magic world? But like... Hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Due to a recent, uh, due to a recent um, uh, streaming show, having dealt with the satanic panic 
tempted to go there, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily really want to go there. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah um, I don't want that. Maybe, maybe something about like uh, all magic, like magic only happens in like in like old world Europe, like in Britain and stuff, because that'll tie it in kind of to the British school. And like, so all the kind of uh, mundanes and people who don't know, it's like, oh, you, you know, magic is possible, but you have to be in a magical place. And it only is like back in the old world in Europe. And like, you know, obviously that very clear, like. You know, or maybe like even expanding that idea outward a little bit, maybe it's like there's a belief that magic has to come from like certain bloodlines, like not like not, yeah. no one can just intuitively oh. learn to use magic. And like that would be really interesting if it's like, oh, if you must have someone in your blood, in your history that's magical yeah. otherwise yeah, you wouldn't some, have any powers. Yeah, so somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that that mm-hmm. like leads into possibilities of people who are like, like obsessed with like keeping the bloodlines pure and things like that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which is like, you know, obviously like that, that's, that's always a strong antagonist for a story like this. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so yeah, it could be like, yeah, I think that would be super true of the people like in the magical world, but are we still talking true. about people who are outside of it? Like what's the rumor, like on the fake internet sites about magic? Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I might've misunderstood yeah. the assignment. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that does actually, you're right. Cause I think my idea conflicts with that because people on those sites would probably be like, here's the things you have to do to make yourself magical. Yeah. Yeah. It's like drink, yeah. drink this garlic juice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with like a crystal fountain and you're, you know, and turning on at midnight and like all this weird, like, but then yeah. again, maybe it's like one of those things where like when you go on like 23 and mean, it's like you have 4% Neanderthal in you like, <laughs> or someone like maybe there's people selling like scam tests. that are like, test your blood oh. to see if you have, Midi-chlorians or whatever. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. No, go ahead. I think you can expand the bloodlines idea to include um, just randos on the internet. If they're, like, if you get super deep into researching magic to the point where you're like, I'm pretty sure this is real, then, like, the last, like, barrier of entry is, like, this widely held belief that it has genetic it's in your blood you can't access it unless you are a certain kind of person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and like i i think um you know i think to some degree the the most prevalent rumor about magic that isn't true is that it doesn't exist you know (laughs) (laughs) to some degree we're competing with that all the way down but Mm -hmm. yeah i I actually just was like, I, they're just going to say, you know, well, of course, all witches have cats. And you came up with something much more interesting. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, well, that's something that's actually true about witches. You were saying that's something that's a rumor that's not true. So that's yeah, what right? I was saying. Yeah, the, there's going to be um, an all cat episode. Get ready for that. Uh, <gasps> yeah. Take is a it going to be all the episodes? Because I'm really into that idea. <laughs> right. Uh, Kimmy, have you have you come up with a character? Yes, I did. Um, so her name is Melody Inkwood. Um, she, her pronouns. I haven't narrowed down her age. I kind of want to recap because I don't remember what everybody said. Um, but she's going to be the offbeat eccentric. And um, I think she's from like an old wizarding family, but like kind of the, the opposite um, of Riley's character where they're just like, Oh, that family. Like, oh yeah, they're, 
they're very strange. Like, and just like <laughs> some of the, you know, they're, they, you know, they collect weird things and they, you know, they're just super like free spirit kind of hippie types of the magical world. Um, and, and just like, she's very odd and strange and nobody's surprised by that, except maybe the other <laughs> students who maybe don't know enough about her family. Mm-hmm. So she's the one who like she walks into class and the teachers are like, oh, Inkwood. OK. <laughs> uh, where did where did she grow up before she came? Um, I think that's part of it. I think that they kind of travel all over. Mm. Um, and uh, I haven't quite thought that through, but I, I feel like they're, I, like I, I'm thinking about her i don't feel like she has like a rooted system i feel like that's part of like their free spirits like they move around and they travel a lot um one that's one of the reasons that she's here um you know they they actually were really excited to you know to they don't really like the british school i think her family so like they they've almost never sent anybody there there have been a few like black sheep in our family who've been, like wanted to like go to the British school. And we're just like, really? Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> just don't talk about it. And you know, that sort of thing. And uh, so, yeah, I feel like her family like travels a lot and it's weird for her to be like stuck in one place for school for this many years. Like, it just seems very uh, alien to her to be like, what, 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 what do you mean? It's the same place the whole, uh, whole time, the whole time, the school. Okay. Um, I have my familiar. Oh, that's a kitty. If you're uh, if you're listening to the podcast, kitty. you're missing out on a kitty. But also, it's this happened in the past. Um, hi, hi from the past. Um, uh, oh, I okay. Ask, I actually have ahead. an idea that I'm going to steal. Okay, so um, <laughs> uh, Mithrian in the chat just said uh, the hippie magical family usually homeschools, and I'm actually going to have that be the case. Like usually we homeschool. Huh. But for whatever reason, like, I just like, no, I really want to go to like a real school, like an actual school, <laughs> like, and have it, have it be that. Um, I actually, actually, in, I know you were talking about age and like, I think there is an argument for, you know, you're 13, you're just starting out. I think there's also an equally compelling argument for like, you're 16 or 17 and like, are, you're jumping in at the tail end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously that's up to you, but I, I see both ways as being very fascinating. I, yeah, I see. Yeah. I see that both ways. What can we, can we um, recap our ages again real quick? Yeah. Riley, what age yeah. was, was your character? I think I'm going to have her be 15. I think 15 seems yeah. right. I like, I like that she's had a couple of years at the British school and now she's at this school. So it's a little bit of a culture shock for her. I, I like that idea that she's maybe been a little bit tainted by that ideology, mm-hmm. even, even though she's marginalized within it. Like I like, I like her starting at a little bit of a antagonistic point of view. That like, can we work? There's like a lot of arc there. I think to play nice. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam, what age was your character? Uh, fifteen. Fifteen is what I was thinking, but I I can adjust. Uh, that's good. Any direction. Oh, that's good. And Jay. Uh, Dante is thirteen. Though, mm-hmm. it, yeah, if it is any easier, I mean, I can make Dante a little older. I think that's fine. And you know, kind of drop drop him into the school. I mean, he'd still be a fish out of water. Do do your do what you what you, feels true to you. Like I, okay. I I like the idea of him being uh, thirteen. Yeah, okay. it, it also kind of plays cool. into the, the thought that maybe he's like very advanced, like his mm-hmm. technology mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and then yeah, I think I'm going to go in that case with uh, Emily. Your suggestion that she's sixteen, so she's a little bit older mm-hmm. than everyone else she's around, just because she kind of is behind and 
magical school. Mm-hmm. What's um, what is the thing that if you are looking for um, a particular magical skill, what does the Inkwood family legendarily? What are they really good at? I feel like they. Like maybe not like recently, but in our far past, that's one of the reasons I picked like Inkwood is like we're known for like our writing and our scroll work and like magic books and tomes um, and things like that. And that and and documenting information, um, which is why everyone is kind of like shocked that we've become kind of so free spirited and like not taking notes on anything. And we don't we, we homeschool. It's fine. Like it's sort of like the opposite to like our legendary like like ancestors um so i think that's part of it but we we still kind of have an innate talent for magic that has to do with uh, like the written word or or writing things or composing spells um i think it would make sense for british and american magic traditions to be closely linked but what is the thing that is most different about american magic traditions from british magic traditions outside of the fact that American magic is open to trans people for now, apparently. <laughs> Can we rip well, we, we measure ranges in, in feet instead of meters. Oh, this is true. Hate it. <laughs> Hate it. Okay. We don't spell, we don't use as many U's in our spell spelling of our spelling. <laughs> right. We actually yeah. cut a lot of the U's out. Yeah. Like, we don't need the yeah. letters at all. And we yeah. put Z's and stuff. Yeah. So and, we, and we here, say Z instead of Z. Right. And here it is Leviosa. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, what if, what if, you know, what if we don't, what if American spellcasting doesn't use Latin roots? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, our whole, our whole language still does. So I don't know if that would be possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, a, okay. just a thought. Yeah. I really oh, yeah. actually like, I'm sort of inspired Jay by your character. Like what if it has something to do with like technology, like mm. some sort of oh. magical integration of like tech and Oh, I like that a lot because one thing I was going to say for my characters, I feel like she was raised in a mostly magical world and I think like struggles with modern world stuff mm-hmm. when, she's ex- yeah. when she's... So I think the fact that she's coming from the British school to this American school that actually is a little more open to technology, I think that would be a really interesting like mm-hmm. frustration for her. It's like, I'm supposed to be this really powerful witch, but I can't use an, I- an iPhone or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the rest of us know what a toaster is and how to operate it. <laughs> yeah. But you're why like, would I, why would I what? use a toaster? I can just spray my magic and burn it from the toast. <laughs> right? like I yeah. can just make toast with a wand. Why would I use a machine for it? So dumb. It's that moment and onward where the light bulb gets turned on and the, the wizard's like, no, but I have one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Somebody's familiar is an iPhone. Um, yeah, right. Is it, I mean, I, I'm up in other stuff, but that was just something, especially once Jay talked about his backstory, that kind of like, jumped out at me as an idea yeah i like that a lot yeah like american magic is more open to various schools of thought whereas i think british yeah. magic is much more like this is how you do magic mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. like there are people playing around with magical code and mm-hmm. uh you know um people playing around with using like metal wands instead of instead of wood mm, instead yeah. of wooden wands <laughs> yeah yeah. And maybe that's just like the fringe right now, um, you know, but but it's certainly something that uh, or like, it, you know, it's the fringe right now, but it, it is actually being played with as opposed to the the continental European uh, tradition where they're like, no, we're not we're not playing with that. We're not trying metal wands. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's like and it kind of like plays into that 
like old school kind of like stuffiness about what magic is and who can do magic as you start to uh-huh. open up the idea of how magic can be done you're also opening up who can do magic and as a result mm-hmm. like that's a threat to the more established order of things like on mm-hmm. a on a less like confrontational mm-hmm. level my brain was thinking about how like you could like if you go to be a chef right like you, you typically go to like a cuisine type school and you learn like a very specific cuisine and how to do things whereas like now there's like such a big culture of like fusion dishes where it's like, well, it actually take a little bit from this culture, a little bit from this culture and like make a combined food dish. Like I think that could mm-hmm. be a lot of what's happening at, especially at this school versus like the British school, which is like, we have a centuries old way of teaching magic and this is the right way to do it. And we're not. Yeah. Gonna yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so uh, y'all have filled in your stats, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let me know, just really quickly, what your uh, D20 stat is, the thing that you are the best at. Uh, and uh, why don't we start with you, Riley? My best stat is fight. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Adam? Mine is grit. Okay. Uh, Jay? Mine is brains. Okay. And Kenny? Flight. Um, I'm automatically going to just ignore what the game says. Um, the game says that 14 and younger is underclass student. I'm going to say you are all upper class students. There's only one level of uh, student here because it is a school that everybody it's it's the magical equivalent of a run one room schoolhouse, except it has many rooms. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, like I, I just don't see um, it's magic. So magisori like it's a Montessori. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. That's, that's the philosophy. The kids teach yeah. themselves magic. Oh, I, I'm here for the educational yeah. like pun magic jokes. I love it. Right. Um, but yes, Mon- uh, Montespelli. Montespelli. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like Montespelli. Mont- Monto sorcery. There we go. Mont- found it. Found it. Monto sorcery. Monto sorcery. Kimmy, I have no idea if I'm even accurately talking about Montessori is. So hopefully you know more than I do. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have like I only know about it from punchlines. Oh so. no. Yeah. I taught Montessori uh, preschool for. That's why I paid for college, and then I have actually been touring them recently to send my daughter to preschool. So. Mm. It's a thing. I could go into this thing, but it has nothing to do with cool magic. And that was a now, hilarious joke. So good job. Now, Emily, I have not yet set my, uh, where it says like stats and magic. I haven't figured that stuff out yet. So I only yeah. know what I mean. Um, upper, it says, so the book says upper class students automatically receive the trained in strength for casting magic using a trait of their choice. Um, when rolling stat checks, upper class students add plus one to their fight and brawn checks as they're pugnacious and in prime. Nice. And each upper class student should write their favorite class in the space provided on their character sheet. Uh, also come up with a name for the teacher who teaches that class to share later. Mm. Um, this game has a lot of busy work. And you know what? I'm <laughs> going to forget about most of it. But uh, it's going to be, it's great. Let's do the busy work. Everyone loves filling in worksheets. Mm-hmm. That's, yes. what I, that's why we got into this hobby. I need <laughs> to find classes because I did not look at classes yet to see I what know, right? class would be. Okay, yeah. so can you go over the the stats again because they have the dice number and then there's the stats itself yes uh and that's yeah so the stat is literally just like um you are just putting in uh the die so like your best is you just put down 20 basically Hmm. you're just saying this is the die that i roll when i do this Uh And the die art, you have a D20, which means you're superb at that stat. A D12 is impressive. A D10 is above average. D8 is below average. Uh, D6 is bad. And D4 is terrible. So everything is balanced. 
Um, and therefore, you know, maybe you're really good at brains, but really bad at fight or something like that. So, and it sounds like y'all kind of balance each other out pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll be in, we'll be in good mm-hmm. shape there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, uh, again, lots of busy work. Um, is there anything <laughs> else on the, on the actual character sheet before we get to the, the finishing touches are things like motivation and all of that. But what I want to do is talk through character relationships before we get to that. But are there any questions about like yeah. just high level character sheet stuff before we move on to, um, uh, building relationships between people? Can, can we do our animal familiars? I like that question. Sure. Um, let me, uh, yeah, I, don't, sure. I, don't know, I don't know if there's like a table for that. I just saw the blank and I, I think that's exciting. Uh, Am I going out of order? If I'm going out of order, you can just be like, Kimmy, oh, no. Okay. You're fine. We're, um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to make my PDF work. That's, I was like, look at me. I have a Kindle and I can read a PDF on it and it is not <laughs> working at all. So, <laughs> yes. So make trope selections for your character. Grade, strengths, flaws, familiar, first name. Um, and we've done, uh, most of those things. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's talk familiars. Um, tell me what your, tell me who your little animal friends are. And we're going to go in reverse order. Kimmy, I'm going to make you start this time. Yeah. Um, Uh I think, I think she's going to have a ferret. Okay. I don't have a name for my ferret yet. Also fun trivia fact. That's the animal that I'm most allergic to in the real world. Like as me, Kimmy. (laughs) Wow. How did you find that out? I started playing with the ferret one day, had a huge asthma attack, had to go to the emergency room. Super fun. I was like nine and I was so excited to play with these delightful little animals, which are technically illegal in California, actually. And I was was going to say, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, fun. This is so great. Why am I so out of breath? Okay. Oh, 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 mom, 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 mom. Okay. Yes. If you're just joining us late, we are all playing in separate rooms at my enormous mansion. And Kimmy, I regret to inform you, we are in the ferret room. Oh, no. Um, so maybe you should change. Location. Oh, no. Um, how long have you had your ferret familiar? Um, Probably a really long time. I have to Google how long ferrets live. I have no idea. It's a magical ferret, so it lives a really. It can long live time. as long as we want. Yeah. yeah. Um. So maybe it's like, uh, I think maybe I like found it like on our travels one time while I was being homeschooled, um, and it was. So I've had it for I'll say, if I'm 16, I've had it since I was 11, so five years. Okay. How do you communicate with it? Um. I feel like I just talk to it and. <laughs> It either and I feel like I know what it says back and it kind of like looks at me or like squeaks at me very like <laughs> I don't know like cartoonish where I'm like no way no way she said that and everyone's like um they don't they don't talk back it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um I'm gonna let you think about a name for your ferret and we're gonna move on to Jay uh okay uh I've got a fruit bat Named Chiki. Uh, that the Filipino word, well, the Tagalog word, uh, the dialect that I speak, the uh, Tagalog word for bat is paniki. And so he's Chiki Paniki. Ah, oh, it's so cute. This is good. This is good. Uh, I assume since you're pretty new to magic, you haven't had him for very long? No, not at all. Um, but as soon as I started manifesting magical abilities, there was a tap, tap, tapping at my window. 
And lo and behold, there was this bat that was desperate to get in. And for some reason, I just knew that 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 bat would be okay. How do you communicate with Chibi? I think I'm in the same school of thought as Melody. So I just, I talk at Cheeky and Cheeky squeaks back, but Cheeky understands me and I can intuit sort of what Cheeky says, but I can't figure out, you know, I can't get full details or anything like that. Okay. You know, I, I can get, Hey, come over this way, but I can't get, Hey, come over this way because your, your potions teacher is choking on a, on a bad formula. <laughs> Uh, yeah. um, I, uh, I can't help it. I gotta go with the kitty. I, uh, yeah, I got just, just a kitty. Um, uh, but, but I, I will, I will find a specific kind of kitty, but I'm thinking kind of, a um, kind of a small, um, you know, maybe a small, like, sort of spotted cat. Or maybe just a calico. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think maybe just like, just like a standard calico, but on the small side. Like, it was a runt of the litter. Um, but yeah, and the, the typical, like, white, uh, orange, and black. Um, tell me... Uh... Tell me a little bit about how you found how you found this cat. Is it is it was it like a cat trained for this purpose, or is it is it like an adorable stray? I think it's an adorable stray, and that's that's why I like it. I think you know they were talking about how you're going to have to, you know, you're going to get a familiar, you're going to you know find an animal uh, animal companion, and um, and so and so I was walking back from school that first day and found this stray cat and i was like well there's my animal companion and they're like no it has to be a, a magical familiar and they're like well it is it found me so it fits the definition therefore mine cool, cool. so yeah and and i, I think I, I don't know if i think we have a magical bond um but maybe it's just because i feed her bacon bits so did you did you say the name i i i did not i did not uh i don't have a name yet i'll come up with a name all right um and how do you communicate with your cat um i i think i talk to it uh like it's a human who can understand english and uh yeah um and and i'm pretty certain it's talking to me in my mind uh, I, you know, I feel like, like it is like, like, okay, this is Adam speaking now. Adam feels like, yes, the, the cat really is my magical familiar. We really do have a bond, but I think I don't, um, I think because I just do everything magically a little bit differently that everybody thinks that I just have this regular cat, mm-hmm. um, that I've trained really well um because uh yeah but um i think mostly because the cat doesn't actually do what i tell it to most of the time but that's just because it's an actual cat and yeah so yeah so they think that i just like have this 
regular cat that just follows me around and I pretend it's a familiar, but the, yeah, the cat knows it's a magical familiar, but it's just not playing the game. A cat that doesn't do what it's told. That's very yes. strange. I uh, know, right? Um, well, it's a magic world, Emily. Some things don't make sense. Okay. Right. Thank, you. Thank you. That's true. I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, uh, and finally, uh, Riley, you're familiar. Uh, Daphne has a crow as her familiar, and okay. his name is Merle. Okay. Oh, yes. Merle the crow. How long have you had Merle? Tell, tell me a little bit about, about uh, Merle's... Uh, does, I just feel like, does Merle have like a festive little thing that he wears? <laughs> um, she tries to. He doesn't really like to, to wear. Like she, she occasionally will try to like bedazzle him a little bit and he doesn't yeah. seem to like it very much. But like he likes to bring her like the way crows do. Like she likes to bring, he likes to bring her little trinkets and stuff like that. But uh, she tries to make him wear it. She doesn't tend to get too excited about it. But okay. uh, I maybe like once in a while she can get a little necklace around him. But yeah. How long have you had Merle? I've had Merle... For a long time, actually, I've had Merle since I was about eight or nine. It's a big thing in my family where when we start to finally we start to show our first traces of magical power, we're actually taken out into like a quest, like a, almost like a kind of like way people like, take their kids out on their first hunt. But instead of being like an actual like physical, like like violent hunt, it's a like go find the creature that speaks to you. And mm-hmm. usually like we go out to somewhere like on the Scottish moors or somewhere out in, in nature or somewhere like where you kind they kind of let the, the witch like follow where she wants to go. But it is typically drawn to nature because it's kind of like, hey, we're tapping into this like ancient source of power. So I think I think especially if my family is from the, the British school line of thought, they wouldn't want people finding their familiars in like urban and like populated areas because that's like the new the new world. And that wouldn't be appropriate. So tell me. um Tell me if you can communicate uh, with this. If if you can, and if you know you can communicate with this with this creature, I think that she can. She doesn't have full two way. I think that's actually like a thing you have to buy. Mm-hmm. But I think that she definitely can do one way psychic communication with it, and so she can ask him to do. He's, he can be a little persnickety about it, but he will <laughs> still do the thing that he's asked to do. He, he'll call a little bit, but okay. So... And Merle, by the way, is short for Merlin. Just as a point out. Let me tell you kind of the thoughts I have about the world of this story. Um, And then we're going to we're going to do a quick pause for an ad break for this lovely game. (laughs) Uh, But uh, so basically my notion is this is a school um, in far northern California. There's a town in California called Shelter Cove. And when they were building the highways that run down along the Pacific coast, they were able to get right up along the ocean in, along the entire coast from British Columbia down to um, Baja, Mexico. But uh, they uh, had this one stretch in California where the mountains were too high, too close to the shore for them to be able to actually build something effectively. Um, and so the uh, highway skirts around the mountains at that point. Um, you'll see it. Um, if you go up in Northern California, you'll see it sort of spits off, splits off at a town called Ukiah and it heads inland. And you can go out to the shore. You have to drive along these long winding mountain roads. And then you come down in a little like unincorporated town called Shelter Cove, which is basically like super working class, except it also has like a lot of like very rich people who have big houses there. <laughs> 
And sort of, in my mind, this place appears to be a rundown old mansion that's on this cliff overlooking the sea, just outside Shelter Cove. And it is actually, of course, you know, this magic school that's been hidden behind a glamour. Um, but it is famous for being accepting and taking in everyone. And we will dig a little bit more into its history. But first, we need to give it a name. I have not given it a name as of yet. Um, and uh, it, it does feel to me like the name Shelter Cove has kind of a cool uh, resonance there. So I'm wondering if you all want to uh, think a bit about uh, what it could be named. And also, if you're like, Emily, your idea stinks. Cool. Um, we can do something else. But uh <laughs> Uh, I am. I think I'm great. So, tread <laughs> carefully. I think that's lovely. I like it like, too. Yeah. I like taking a real world location and kind of adding yeah. a magical element to it that explains yeah. why a real world thing happened, which is kind of cool. And and at the very least, I love the name of the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we need a name for the school then, and uh, if anyone has good suggestions. How old is this school, do you think? Um, that's up to y'all. I think um I think that if you are looking at a school that is built in California before the gold rush, you start looking at um the really grim aspects of uh yeah. colonization. And obviously California is is built atop um land that did not belong to the vast majority of people who live here now, but you know, I don't know how much this yeah. game is going to dig into that. My, I idea, was thinking more like, is it yeah. 10 years old? Is it 50 no. years old? Like I was thinking my like, idea, is it like yeah. a relatively new school? My idea was that it was yeah. um, kind of part of the, uh, it was built as kind of part of the queer migration to Northern California in the fifties mm-hmm. and sixties. So it built yeah. somewhere in that period, like 1958 yeah. or something. I, uh, yeah, I, I do kind of like that. Uh, uh, you know, there's, uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> uh, there's a certain specific kind of history with, uh, you know, colonization and schools <laughs> across this yes. continent, you know, that, uh, that can really, uh, yeah, it's really not pleasant to think about. Um, and so, and I like the idea of it, if it's, you know, if it's a newer thing, it feels like, it, you know, to me, it's less, um, you know, uh, it's less connected to the colonization if it's newer to me. Yeah. You know, and, isn't that? And, you know, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, go I'm ahead. Fault. No, I I, ahead. I cut you off. Go ahead. Sorry, that was my fault. Oh, I, oh, you'll you'll learn this about me. Just cut me off because I'm usually going to ramble until I stop talking. Rather yeah, but that than was just a matter like, of like the delayed time. I didn't. I, no. I, I realized as I started talking, <laughs> you were still talking. So that's that's on me. <laughs> no worries. Um, but no, I was I was pretty much done. Yeah, it just uh, you know if it's. That's the thing, like, if you're talking about a school that, especially uh, pre-Gold Rush, you know, you're into the Spanish uh, genocide that happened here. If you're talking after Gold Rush until, you know, uh, in, until, well, <laughs> de- uh, debatable if it's over, uh, but generally it's not. Um, but, you know, the closer you get to the present time, the less you're connected to or less likely it's connected to actual genocide that's been yeah. happening here. So. So going, I off would, of what, yeah, sorry, yeah. going off of what Emily said about 50s think. or 60s, I was thinking like maybe yeah. it kind of started as almost like a hippie commune that like a magical hippie commune that like got more codified as like a generation or two went on. So like maybe in the like 50s or 60s, it was almost like a bunch of like the magical equivalent of like essentially 
the homeschooling of like Kimmy's character's family type <laughs> thing, but like enough of them got together and were like, hey, we all know a lot about magic and we know like pretty like we have a better school of thought than you know, the maybe because maybe even like in America, maybe on the East Coast, there might even be like maybe a more upper class vibe of magic. Yeah. But like once you got more west, it's more of a hippie. Like and then like has like maybe codified in something that's a little bit more of an established school since then. Yeah. Can can I offer a suggestion, uh, Kimmy? Oh, Kimmy, you're muted by the way. So, um, but I, I'm wondering maybe maybe in the like middle of the you know, middle of the 20th century, a bunch of Inkwoods came over here and started the school to be a sort of Montessori hippie school. And then it quickly attracted so many yuppies that they were like, no, this we're we don't do this school anymore. And until you came along. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. So like, maybe it's like my, my aunt or somebody who's like, like still kind of, in, I don't know. I don't know if you went, got that far, Emily to like makes, make faculty for the school but like maybe i'm like distantly related to like the the whoever's in charge the principal um and then like yeah maybe that maybe yeah i'll think about that maybe there's something where like my family my family used to be really big in it and then there was like a falling out over some sort of curriculum dispute Mm -hmm. and so like my family took off and then like you know i'm like the it's like my grandparent or great aunt or something who's in charge of it and then like here i come back from like the redneck side of the family hey (laughs) that makes sense too because then if you're like i want to go to school like okay if you're gonna go to school at least go to where you're gonna have to go here yeah yeah, yeah. go home right yeah (laughs) and Um, yeah i don't know it's like go ahead oh sorry go ahead no go ahead go ahead just checking uh shelter cove has existed as a town called shelter cove since the 1890s so we have a lot of space to play with there another thing i just sort of didn't work in is that the the mountains around shelter cove um a said they have a lot of bigfoot sightings so if that does anything for you yeah b and b um there's just like a lot of like groups that have their secluded retreats up there there's a couple monasteries up there there's a couple of corporate retreats Mm. so it feels to me like yeah that we gotta like that that if the idea is there's already these, these cool. things happening then like people are probably the the folks uh, the inkwood family probably like oh we could set up a little magic school here so nice. maybe it um, took over uh, an old monast um monastery and like converted right. that into the magic school like maybe like the like whatever monks were were there kind of moved on or moved into a different facility yeah. and left this building behind and it kind of got like, like upgraded big, into a magic school yeah it was like a big dormitory of of some sort now I want to call it the Bigfoot School, but I think yeah, it's or really or like the Skunk Ape School or, or Skunk <laughs> Ape Lodge or something like that. The Inkwood Skunk Ape Lodge, <laughs> Bigfoot Lodge. Wait, no, that's a restaurant. That's a bar. Never mind. <laughs> what What if we called it like okay? And I don't want to. Maybe it like, like I can change my last name so that maybe like my family after the split like change their name and maybe it's like the Inkwood School or something. I don't know. That that's seems, cool. I, I like I okay. like that. That sounds very like selfish coming from me. I apologize. <laughs> I like the idea that it is named after your character. You have that name and everyone's like, oh, so you must be. And you're like, no, you know, people like like the characters who are just meeting you and just like um, like um, Dante would be like, oh, you must be very important. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, Dante is the withdrawn bookworm, too. And if your family is known for documenting mm-hmm. and for their, you know, their wordsmithing and calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dante will certainly that'll certainly catch my attention. Right. And then here I am, like, behind on everything, like, not able to do the basic spells, even like the new magical people can do. And it's going to be 
awkward and amazing. It's a nice dichotomy from your character to my character, too, because your character is at the school that has things named after her and she can't stand it. My character is not allowed to go to the school that has things named after her. Like, it's a it's a really interesting, like, for like these two competing ideas, these two old wizarding schools. Mm -hmm. But we also literal wizarding schools have a weird conflict with our families, too, which is really fun. Yeah, yeah. I think she really wants to go, but she really does not want to be like the one that like everyone's like oh the name and you're like no not not the name not no i like class though okay so yeah um i'm just gonna say it was founded in 1962 part of sort of the early hippie uh early hippie movements in california that also overlapped a lot with the queer migration to yes. northern california and jay did, were you, did who mentioned the skunk ape it just came up oh that was that was that was me. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm. Thank you for promoting my podcast, Arden, in which season one, the skunk ape, is a plot point. <laughs> ah, all right. Thank you all so right. much. I dig it. Uh, no, uh, se- season one of the show is also set in this part of the world because I'm obsessed with this part of the world. So, um, yeah. So we're gonna play a fun oh. little game called Dakama. Right. And um, real quick, I, Emily, can I can I toss something else in the mix regarding yeah, the school sure. name? Uh, just going with the whole idea of shelter cove and the fact that this is a welcoming thing. And then Riley with what you mentioned about it, perhaps being an old monastery. What if it's the, um, the Inkwood sanctuary or does that sound a little too much like a nature refuge? Yeah. That could be, that could be the, the cover story. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and also, like, if it's called oh, yeah. Inkwood Sanctuary, but maybe people go there, usually just call it Inkwood. Like, no one, like, is yeah. a full name. Like, yeah. Like, kind of like, we don't, we don't say Stanford University every time we say it. We just say Stanford. Or, like, yeah. That kind of, like, yeah. I feel like most of those, like, educational things that are, like, like, kind of hippie, like, have really long kind of wild names. Yeah. Like, the Inkwood Sanctuary for the development of, youth. Yeah, of the inner self or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so we'll come yeah. up. Maybe we can do that offline is, like, really nail down. But And then, yeah, like, we would obviously never, ever yeah. use that whole name. <laughs> and it might be like a name that formed before it was a school, but they just never like officially changed the name to make it more like, no, we're an academy or we're a school. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, I think, I think Sanctuary works for that because it was like, oh, this was a hippie retreat that was instructional, <laughs> whatever. And now yeah. I think people just call it Inkwood now. But Inkwood. Um, um, I was also going to throw out maybe maybe the spelling is different than than your last name. Uh, you know, like maybe it uses an older spelling, like there's an E at the end or... Oh, ink yeah. is spelled with a Y or something like that. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So, so, yeah, that might be something we could, uh, we could also play with that on offline in the, the Slack as yeah. well. How about the but maybe ink- like the side of the family that runs a school is a side of the family that was much more on the side of like bookkeeping and keeping yeah. records, but your yeah. family is like broken away from. I like that. Yeah. I'm sort of like, I, I, I don't know why I'm affiliating myself, but like I feel like we're kind of like the redneck side of the family. And I say that as someone who's <laughs> like, my dad currently lives in a trailer in Lake Elsinore, so I can lean into that knowledgeably <laughs> and without like belittling it. Um, but yeah, what, what about what do we think about the the Inkwood Sanctuary for Universal Development? Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> so we're just a cult yeah. now. Right? We're making a cult. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! I and actually I call love it. That. People call it Isid. <laughs> Isid. I sued them when they didn't give me the education. (laughs) Too real. Uh, I I, should go somewhere else. 
<laughs> or it could oh, be that's his definitely food. what the British school says about it. I said go uh, anywhere else to learn that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or should learn yeah. magic from anybody else. <laughs> I should think no. Uh, just to just to nail this down for myself, um, I'm going to say this is an old uh, Jesuit monastery, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it is um, it has like the Jesuits basically in the in the 50s and 60s, the Jesuits sold a bunch of their stuff off because they were running out of money, and this is one of the things they sold off. But it is in many ways like a like a uh, it is in many ways like a modern boarding school, um, and it has mostly had the Catholicism stripped out of it. But it maybe as we build in the locations, we can you know say maybe there's still an enormous church bell somewhere. I don't know. Was this one of the Jesuit sects that um, that made wine? Yes, mm-hmm. we'll just I'm oh, just yeah. blanket saying it. that. Yeah. Kids are always trying to find the old winery, like like yes, like, they can find like a ca- like a cask somewhere in some basement. That's like a, yeah. a like a hazing <laughs> ritual. Um, cool. So uh, there's there's a wonderful game called Darkema, um, which uh, everybody should uh, go and uh, look at right now. And now what's Decima? Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, I, I'd like to take a quick, quick ad break and see if we can get the designer of the game to just pop <laughs> in here and talk a little bit about what Decima is and uh, why it's the R&D for your RPG. All right. So I made this game called Decima. It is the R&D for your RPG, uh, which actually a guy at my gym thought of. Like I was describing it to him. He's like, oh, it's like the R&D for an RPG. I was like, I, I'm taking that. I, I, I don't even remember his name, honestly. But um, anyway, it is a tarot deck that has question cards on it and i didn't really mean to make this an actual ad break but um basically you can create your whole campaign world and it creates locations uh connections between the characters and then like also the kind of the dynamics of the the party in the world like who their allies are who their rivals are as a group and all that stuff and it's super pretty samantha who's currently in the um London Calling AP did all the art, and she's an amazing artist. It's pretty. Yeah, I have misplaced my copy, which okay. means that we're just going to use normal tarot cards. Yay! Um, but you can you can uh, if you buy the um, uh, PDF version, which I just downloaded on this computer, you can use any tarot deck with it, and it will. Uh, make your life better. I I do this before literally every um, RPG I play. Often there's a map drawing element since we're all on Zoom. I'm not going to add that, um, but uh, we are going to be answering questions uh, just as soon as Riley gets back. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a wonderful uh, little. It's actually play testing that game is how I met Kimmy. Yeah. So that's that's a wonderful story. Yeah. Um, actually, it's not. I. I was in a playtest of her game and we had a nice time. We had a fantastic time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to play with this wonderful woman again. And it was so much fun. And we did. We, and the rest is history. Yeah, I, I think I played a, a washed up actress <laughs> named after I think my wife. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was very fun. It was very early still, too. So there was a lot of feedback we got on that. But, um, I, I met a lot of amazing people. Actually, um, I met Riley in person, I think, for the first time running it on Saving Throw Show. Oh, wow. So that's how I met her, too. It just makes bridges between people. <laughs> it does. Stuff. It's beautiful. Darkama is yeah. the great uh, bridge builder. It's the thing that will fix um, the world. Real quick, before we can continue, um, I just want to like note, uh, so... Uh, 
and and this is just you know using my my um my quick uh, native internet foo uh but but shelter cove uh, was on the lands traditionally uh, uh stewarded by the Thinkion people yes. uh the Thinkion tribe um i don't i i have no familiarity with that tribe but bless them and thank you yes Yes. Cool. I'm going to start uh, learning about them because I. It's it's one of oh, yeah, it's yeah. one of my obsessions. Whatever I play at, uh, in the area of a tribe I'm not familiar with, I'm always like, mm-hmm. I'm going to learn about them. If, yeah. Uh, if, yeah. If you find yeah. out some, if you find out some cool stuff, um, please uh, let us know within the game. I think uh, I would I would appreciate knowing that information yeah. as well. Yeah, I will try. Thanks. Um, so. With y'all's uh, permission, I'm going to be drawing cards because I think that would just be easier. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but uh, if you don't like the car, the question you get, you can just say, uh, ask me another one. Um, we'll imagine you're tapping an X card. When we're playing in person, we will have an X card. Um, but, you know, we're playing over Zoom, which makes it harder yeah. to <laughs> tap a card. So uh, I am going to start with Riley. And here is, this is a relationship question. Um, it is the six of wands right side up. You partnered with blank to do something shady. What was it? Uh, one of the other people at the table. Ooh, that's really interesting. I think I partnered with Melody to try to see if we could find one of those casks of old wine from the Jesuits that used to be there, even though it'd probably be vinegar and disgusting by this point, but we don't know that because we're kids. Uh, I think we went on like a quest to try to find bootleg booze, basically. Yeah, I like that. Did you did you find anything? Uh, I think we did not. I think that we we tried really hard, but we weren't able to find it. I think it's still an ongoing mission. Now, did Daphne think that I would have inside info, like being from the family and like was disappointed in me that I like didn't know anything? I think she actually thought that you would have booze on you. I think she like thought that like, oh, she's like, like one of those kind of people that would just happen to have like mm-hmm. a stash somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then like when you didn't actually have it, she was disappointed. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> so I think both both angles were disappointing for her. Adam, um, you get the two of wands reversed question is you knew blank before joining the group and were jealous of them why um uh i'm gonna go with melody again just because uh just because um uh, because she's from around the area um so so i think um like uh when we were younger uh you know, uh, like our families had met and, and, uh, and so, you know, like, like, you know, our, uh, our family, like my, my, uh, my aunts and uncles who live up in this area, they're maybe acquaintances or near, nearby community with, uh, with your family. And, uh, and just, you know, everybody's very like, uh, hippy dippy, um, you know, do your own thing. Uh, so they probably, um, well, they're probably swingers, but we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> no, definitely. No, I think they definitely <laughs> yeah. are. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. what if like, yeah. what if like, okay, uh, 
I don't think I am particularly from this area, but I probably came back to this area a lot to like see family. So mm-hmm. would that work for your idea still? I think that's that's the same. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I'm the same way. Like, uh, like I my family is from Bakersfield area, and we come up uh, we come up here for visits. Mm-hmm. So maybe we were just you know we came and visited at the same time, and so we've we've known each other. We knew each other when we were little kids because we would play together a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think um, uh, I think maybe I was jealous of you um, if if this fits with your identity, but I think I was jealous of you because you were uh, you were feminine um, mm-hmm. in whatever way. Uh, you know, that, uh, and I think, um, not, you know, uh, still trying to fit into, um, into tropes of, uh, of being male. Um, Tanager was not quite ready to, you know, not quite accepting of his feminine side at that time. And it so saw you as, uh, as like, oh, that's, that's more like what I, I want to go more in that direction. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, you talking about this, this made me think of like a gigantic, like, like magic, like, have you ever seen an Airstream convention where people pull their Airstream trailers to like a small town somewhere (laughs) and they all just like, yeah, it's like that, but with magicians. Yeah. Uh Yeah. That's very the vibe of, I think my part of my side of the, of the, the Inkwood family is like. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the California Magical State Fair. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think my, you know, my, uh, like, my aunt and uncle that I would visit up here, like, they're, you know, they're also the kind, like, they're not magical, but, like, they, they understand enough of it that everybody feels comfortable with them. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, yeah, and they, they don't react when weird things happen that have no explanation and uh they're yeah they just roll with it okay yeah Uh, jay uh you uh drew the well i drew the knight of cups for you right side up um blank can usually read you like a book whether you want them to or not Ooh. um i'm going to say daphne can I don't know what it is about her, but she just has a certain intuition. Maybe it's maybe it's her upbringing. Maybe maybe it's the fact that uh, she's not from around here either. And so I I just can't quite explain it. But but Daphne is able to just peg me whatever. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel a little off guard. Uh, I still feel, you know, being, being new to the school, being new to the community, it's, 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 I feel like I need some place, some form of refuge. And if Daphne's around, a little of that gets taken away. I I don't, and I don't see it as anything malicious or, or, or whatnot. It's just, you know. It's a little unnamed. It's a little shaking. Daphne, do you do you feel like you can see right through uh, Dante? Yeah, I think I do. I think I'm a pretty good reader of people in general. I think I would have like if this was another game system, I feel like I would have a high insight. Um, I think that that I think that my family is is pretty experienced in like 
kind of reading the room and and knowing like I I think charm is yeah charm is my second highest stat after fight and I think that's like a skill that's cultivated in the the uh, the the Morgan family I think it's very much like reading the room uh, figuring out what people want trying to like make sure make make them feel like they're getting what they want even if you're actually getting what you want I think it's mm-hmm. that kind of manipulation and that kind of of charm is very much part of it so i think that especially somebody who is not used to this world i think that she definitely feels like oh i can play this kid like a fiddle mm-hmm. she might not be right about it all the time but she thinks that she can uh so uh melody you got the six of cups one of my favorite cards everyone one of my favorite cards you told blank about something you left behind what was it and why did you leave it uh, um i think I think that I told... Uh, I'm sorry, Jay, what's your character's name again? Uh, my character's name is Dante. Dante, that's what it is. Sorry. I failed to take good notes. I apologize. Um, no worries. I think I told Dante about um, my game system that I left back home that I mm. just adore. And it's... Yakuma? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> But, like, I think she has, it's probably, like, an older game, like, console, like, video game system, which is, like, super strange. Like, even for, like, California magic, like, like what you spend your time playing video games? Like, why when there's, like, oh. magic? And I think, like, I, I felt like a kinship with uh, Dante about, like, you, your family does computers? I love computers. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. I, I have the coolest. It's it's called a Sega Genesis. And <laughs> yeah, so I think it's something. And, and I know totally about that, too. I think, you know, yeah. uh, because I didn't spend as much time in the magic world. You know, I know all that stuff. Yeah. And that really helped put me at ease when I first arrived. <laughs> and even though it was like at the time, like it's a super old system, I probably yeah. like found it sitting somewhere. I'm sure you've been very like <laughs> polite about it. Like, oh, that's a good system, you know, or whatever. But I think I think that's something that I I've told you that I wouldn't tell other magical people because it's just like such a strange thing. I was gonna I was I gonna pitch the, the Sega Saturn, so I love Sega Genesis. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> has uh, Has Melody written Sonic fanfic? Um, I. I don't think so, but not just because she probably isn't aware that fanfic is a possibility. Like, I feel like she's probably made stories in her head. And if at some point on the Internet she discovers it, she's going to be like, oh, oh my gosh. I feel like she's going to stumble into, like, forums that are from, like, the late, like, mid-2000s, like, any moment. And she's going to be like, this is amazing. And then, like, no one's going to have been on the board for, like, 20 years. You know, I, I, you know, I love the Sonic franchise, but, like, the plot of the most recent games have pretty much been fanfic (laughs) eventually everything goes there we are going to um, loop back out with our location cards um we are starting with the uh wait that's the wrong deck there we go we're starting with the uh two of coins reversed so uh melody someone has lots of ideas for our location but might have shady motives who is it and this i believe doesn't have to be someone at the table it can be just yeah yeah it can be it's to make an npc i feel like there is a uh 
like a magical kind of like school administrator who's like working on creating a, like a, a collection of different magical schools in the United States. And they really want to acquire um, the Inkwood school and make it more formal. Maybe they're linked with the, the school back mm. East that someone mentioned that I think Riley had been like kind of alluded to. Um, and they want to like buy out Inkwood and like make them, you know, more prestigious and like, Oh, you can be a little bit more of a traditional school and like, and, and, there are people who really want that because they'd love to not have to send their kids to the East Coast for like their traditional school. Um, but then there's a lot of the families who are going to Inkwood. You're like, no, we don't want that. And the Inkwood family doesn't want it. But there's like political and money stuff. I don't know. No, I like that. Do okay. you want to give that person a name? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, Marissa. Um. I'm terrible at names. Blanderham. <laughs> and you say you're terrible at names. <laughs> yeah. Nailed you, it. Nailed you, it. You, you named your character and became the whole school. What are you talking about? You're I don't terrible know how that happened. <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know how that happened. Marissa Blanderham. Yes. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Of the uh, New Hampshire so, Blanderham. So is she a teacher? <laughs> what, what is her role at the school? I don't think she's actually... Like at the school, I think okay. she's like in the wider magical community talking about how they need to elevate the the U.S. Okay. you know uh, magical schools, and like is trying to acquire and then like upgrade or change or more make it make it more traditional. She's she's more of like a, a educational acquisition person or something. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely like you, you turn on like a video, like you're watching a video on YouTube and like the ad comes on and there's like high energy synth music. And mm-hmm. she looks at you and says, hi, I'm Marissa Blanderham yeah. and I'm a Blanderham <laughs> educational imperatives. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. That's exactly it. Like the corporate, like educational, like top down, yeah. we'll, we'll fix your school bullshit that I hate so much. Uh-huh. Is she like the magical Betsy DeVos? Is that what we're looking at right now? <laughs> oh my god, yes! I would, I hadn't even like yeah. thought of that. I'm I'm thinking about an old boss of mine, like very specific, but yes, uh, yeah. basically like that. Like we'll fix everything and we'll hold mm-hmm. teachers accountable and all that stuff. It's just I hate. Um, also, <laughs> chat came up with a little detail that I have to make real. So my ferret, um, I think I'm gonna have to name them Sonic. Um, <laughs> yes. and I yes. think she's, I think like she's tried to dye Sonic's fur a little bit blue, but so that he's just like this weird brownish with like blue tint a little bit. That's just like, and the ferret's just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's my new obsession. So we're writing our own Sonic. Family. I love it. Right. <laughs> yes. This is me Googling to see if there's a ferret that already exists in the menagerie of Sonic animals. And I think there might be. One I think there Gunther. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daphne and Jake, can you tell me your familiars again, real quick? Uh, Daphne says a crow named Merle. Merle, and then uh, and then Jay. What was where's uh, my bat is named Cheeky. Oh, Cheeky, C H I K I. No, no, C H double E. You know, like like yeah, pair of cheeks. Like, yes. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And mine is the calico cat who still doesn't have a name. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Uh, uh, so, uh, Dante, you got the 10 of coins right side up. 
our location is celebrated for something that happened in the past. What happened? Hmm. Hmm. That's a really fantastic question. Um, well, thank you. You know what? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that uh, some generations ago, there was a horrible storm, and the cove was the safest haven for it. And so uh, during that storm, just I don't know how large Shelter Cove is, but dozens of ships came in from various walks of life um, and ended up taking shelter in the cove for um, – a number of days and the community rose up and housed everyone in the ships, made sure that the ships were all moored. Uh, and that is something that's actually celebrated annually. Uh, the act that, you know, of all the community coming together to help all of these folks. Was the protection magical in nature at all? The answer can be no shelter cove is literally named that because the cove is very sheltered, but was this a big enough storm that the magic yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm going to say that the magic school or or maybe it was actually during the time before it was a magic school and it was just the hippie commune. Mm. They actually all came together, but they did their best to hide it from the community that there was magic at work. Okay. Cool. What are the, what are, what's the what's the day commemorating that event called? Ooh. Um Okay, see I'm horrible with names too. Uh let's call it Let's call it um, anchors. Something like anchors. I love that anchor day. Okay. Oh, anchor day. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, what parts of the ship do I know? Anchors. Ah. <laughs> it's the one day when, like, the the like po- local politicians have to make the trek to Shelter Cove to be like, happy anchor yeah. day. Everybody. And there's like, there's like a boat parade that happens along. Yeah. That's the big deal. People kind of flock to it. Tourists will flock to it who know about it for the yeah. uh-huh. annual anchor day boat parade. I love that. Um, so uh, there are definitely anchor baby jokes made about anchor <laughs> day. really oh, inappropriate line. In both of the, well, in, yeah. yeah, in, in the, in the, both knowledgeable yeah. and less desirable circles, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Tanager, uh, you drew the Knight of Coins right side up. Our location has a major benefit or advantage over other locations like it. What is that benefit? Uh, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a natural, uh, there is a natural habitat uh, for uh, for several different types of magical creatures nearby. Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So like, um, like, uh, uh, yeah. It's it's almost like on the edge of like a like a magical creature preserve area. Um, and uh, yeah. So there's just a there's just a tremendous area of forest where uh, where you can find almost every kind of, of magical creature uh, with you know in their natural habitat. Are the Sasquatch yeah. like the the uh, nature preserve guardians of that space? Uh, um, actually, yeah, I kind of like that, you know, um, and and they're not and. I don't think they're dumb either. I think, you know, uh, 
I, I don't want them to become like giants at the British school. You know, um, they're, they are these large, hairy creatures, but they're extraordinarily intelligent and very compassionate. And, and so they're, uh, you know, they have, they've always been the stewards of the, of the, um, you know, the animals, the magical creatures that live around here. So, um, yeah. Daphne, uh, you've got the five of coins reversed upset people in our location demand to be heard. Who are they and what do they want? Ooh, that's really good. Upset people in our location demand to be heard. I think there is a, because there's such a collection of magic in the area, if we do have established that there is this internet, like almost like a conspiracy theory culture around magic in the world, I think there is a small community, like there's a, Kind of like how in our world, there are people who make these like treks to like, like remember a couple years ago when it was a whole like, oh, we're all going to storm the Area 51 and we're going to find out what's behind that gate. <laughs> and we're going to Naruto run across Area 51. Yeah. I think that there's like that kind of a vibe of people know, people know something magical is happening at, at Shelter Bay, but they, they don't know exactly what. And so I think there's like a small community of like, kind of like podcasters and people doing like pirate radio who are like insisting there is something happening in this area, but they haven't actually found the truth of it yet. And maybe they follow Maybe there's like constantly a lot of magicians in the area that are constantly like trying to give them false leads to keep them distracted. So they don't find their way to the school because they're like, they don't want them threatening the kids that go to the school. Uh, Just to sort of keep it grounded in this area. uh, What do you think about it being like, there is a specific like podcast that is stationed in shelter cove and they like move there and they yeah. were like, we're going to find out what's up here. All these people are disappearing or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And like and, almost anything that happens locally that like isn't immediately explainable, even if it's definitely not magical, they're like, that's magic. These crops dying. That's magical. Like if there's a drought, that's magical, you know, like that kind of thing. If like, if they go on like a bad date, they're like, Oh, they, bewitched my my date so she wouldn't be attracted to me like they're like that level uh, of just like they read everything into it mm-hmm. um, i gotta think What's, of the name of that magic that podcast <laughs> yeah, well, yeah i was gonna say name the podcast and what is the name of its uh host and what is that person like okay uh i think the host is definitely a i i, I boy i hate to bring this into our world but i think it's got to be an alex jones type of character it's got to mm. be just someone who maybe even might be they might even be slightly a charlatan themselves. Like they might be someone who like sells things to their audience of like, this will protect you from, from, uh, from magical, <laughs> from curses and things oh, like that. Yeah. Um, but okay. Let's see here. I'm trying to think of a good um, name for that. That's uh, um, hmm. I'm trying to think of like it's what because my thing is my head keeps saying hexbreakers. That's the name of our show. I'm trying to think uh, of like what they would call like what a um I think it's gonna be like um something about like like reason or account like something someone people believe like logic and reality and stuff like that and like uh, um like bent reality or something like that is the name of the podcast or um like want one smashers or I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like there's maybe a Salem reference in here somehow. Um, 
bonfire of the humanity. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if they're? What if it's um, cracking the cove? Oh, I do kind of like cracking the cove. <laughs> cracking the coven and like. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like it's a uh, like uh, cove like like uh, coven crackers or something like that. Oh, there or, you go. Yeah. And like when they write their logo, they make the end yeah. like ghostly, so it's like cove crackers, but like there's an end <laughs> for cover. Yeah, like, like it's like a, it's like I think a letter's been added after the font. Yeah. What's the name of the host? The name of the host is. You can name it uh, Heinrich Kramer or Jacob Springer. Jacob Kramer. Dick. Combine the two, you game. Yeah. yeah, those are the those are the two authors of the um Malleus Maleficorum which in like hmm. they they wrote there's like the the witch hunting book that caused like the witch hysteria like um just like in, like like in the 1600s so mm. mm-hmm. nice cuz i was getting ready to go look at fancy name generator and just like start like picking an area <laughs> like okay this is here but yeah i think i think combining those two names is perfect then yeah <laughs> so. the witches yeah. are here all right so the next thing we do is a group question and this is the high priestess reversed everyone point to the character in the group they trust the least that doesn't work very well on zoom oh. um, but uh i'm just gonna quickly go around just tell me who you trust the least uh and we'll start uh just to, to totally mix it up we'll start with you uh um tanager i gotta go with daphne uh sorry sorry buddy no, it's a hundred percent the right answer. <laughs> like, yeah, you're fine. She's we, not a we, nice person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be friends eventually. It's just going to be a lot of sneering until then. Yeah. Uh, Dante, who do you trust least? I'm going to have to go with Daphne as well because she's <laughs> called me out in the short time that I've been here. Um, but I mean, uh, I don't want to burn any bridges or anything like that, so I have to skirt around that. <laughs> uh, uh, Melody, who do you trust least? I have to think about that for a minute. I'm sorry. That's okay. Daphne, who do you trust least? If you say yourself, it's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I I think it's probably Dante uh, because I think that Dante is so tech oriented, and Daph- that's like the thing Daphne does not really understand is technology. She is very very reliant on magic. And so this person who has this whole other like way of doing things, it's it'd be like if somebody in our world met someone who did use all the magic and you're like, I don't understand a thing you're doing. It's the exact opposite yeah. for Daphne. And she's like, I don't. But you just plug this in. You have lights. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, she knows how lights work. But you know what I mean? Like, that's that's mm-hmm. a, like someone who uses technology to do things is is very foreign and alien to her. Mm-hmm. Melody. Yeah, I was trying to come up with another reason, like another person, but I think it's going to have to be Daphne. Sorry. <laughs> and I think and for I th- that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not no, like, I think, yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's like mistrust. I think actually uh, Melody really wants Daphne to like her, but she's just never been like, even though she comes from like this wizarding family that's like known in California, like, like a legacy family from like the real old world and like all this stuff. It's just like really intimidating to her. And she feels very self-conscious and like, not sure what to do around that. All right. So we're going back to, uh, these are relationship cards. 
So uh, we're going to start this time with Dante, and you have the Seven of Cups reversed. Blank makes you think of things. Let me make sure this is cups. Yes, blank makes you think of things in a way you never have before. What have you started to question? Um, you know what? I'm gonna say Tanager makes me think of things differently because of their relationship to magic. Um, I'm going to say that I thought, you know, I, it's, 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 uh, I, I'm going to say I came from a, the, the, the school of thought that magic was very limited mm-hmm. as far as who could cast it in scope. And so I thought that I was some sort of weird accident. <laughs> But mm-hmm. um, but seeing other other folks cast it um, and just feel at home in that, I'm going to say that that's that's helping me feel a little more at ease in my own uh, my own capabilities. Yeah. Uh, even though I still feel like I got a lot to prove and mm-hmm. I'm not entirely comfortable with what I've got going on. Yeah. Yeah. I I because I'm I'm also an outsider to this type of magic, but mm-hmm. in a completely different way than you are. So it, it not only not only do we have that similarity that we're you know that we're both uh, from the outside of this, but we have that. But it's also different, so that it is so that it, it you know it's that difference kind of validates that yeah. you know um, yeah you uh, you're yeah that 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 it's it makes sense that there are other ways to do magic and not just the two different ways of what you do and what they do, but that yeah. I represent the idea of a whole other kind of way of doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that actually that has changed how I look at the rest of the world at large, because, you know, this has kind of blown open a whole world that I wasn't aware of for most of my life. Yeah. And so, and so when I go to, you know, non-magical spaces, I think maybe I'm on on you know I'm I'm on alert looking out for things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think also Tanager is just very uh, like very laissez faire about it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, like he knows he's weird and out there um, in this world as well. But it's like oh well whatever this is cool mm-hmm. I, here's my cat. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Melody, you tried to impress blank and failed. What did you do and how did you fail? Um, I think that's going to be uh, Tanager as well. Um, I think that I wanted to... Um, I'm sorry, uh, what, were, what were the pronouns for Tanager, Adam? Uh, any. Any, okay. Any and all. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, gender fluid. So, okay. yeah. uh, I think that... Because they were your first generation, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I think because like they were new when they came to the school, I was like, "Oh, good, somebody I can impress." Because like I wasn't feeling like I was impressive at all, um, and everyone was constantly disappointed. Because oh, you're named after the school. Oh, oh, you 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 didn't pass that assignment. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like um, yeah. So I I think that they were really excited to like impress someone with their magic ability. 
yeah. then like just try to do some sort of pretty basic magic spell to impress yeah. Tanager and just completely like <laughs> muddle it, like just mess it up. And it was like, yeah, it, it was like uh, the equivalent of like making a balloon animal or something. And it right. just like yeah. popped and like was weird shaped and just like, Oh, oh. so I think that we're, we're going to be friends, but now it's not because you're cool. It's because you're uncool and I feel pity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you try to literally make a magic balloon animal? Cause I love that. Yeah. I think something similar to that. Like, I really liked um, uh, your cat or something like, uh-huh. um, or, or like I don't know maybe your cat like kind of chased my ferret for a minute or oh uh-huh. or yeah. the opposite maybe my ferret chased your cat <laughs> and so to like apologize I was like wait I can do this and I like started to make like a magic balloon animal of your cat and it just ended uh-huh. up like just a, like a disgrace like just awful yeah I come back the next day with like. A baggie, and it's a hairball mixed with pieces of a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry. this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. This is a this is a Daphne question. It's a really good Daphne question. Uh, Daphne, you helped Blank when they were at their lowest. How did you help them? Oh, that's really good. And it's one of this group, right? It's not a NPC. Okay. Yeah, it should be one of this group. Yeah. Um, I think it was Tanager. And I think it was around a time when you were struggling to... I think I, I, think I see, a, even though you've established that you're view on your gender identity is not like necessarily a, tra- a trans identity, but it's it's still not mm-hmm. like cis normative. Yeah. I think that like Daphne sees that in you because like that's a, like a kindred spirit in a way, but like also like mm-hmm. even though it's a different culture. And I think that's kind of how it was. Like I think you, she sees that you are trying to learn this kind of school of magic that is not your own culture, but it is a school of magic that she knows very well so mm-hmm. I think that she actually helped you. Like, I think at one point you were having a hard time conceptualizing this, uh, maybe a spell you're trying to cast for a certain class. Yeah. Um, and I think that maybe she kind of helped you get out or she helped you maybe filter it through an experience that you could then kind of maybe pick up on and understand it better. And then like, maybe yeah, un- unlocked it in you. Like what, how do, I don't, I don't want to, because it's your in real life, your culture, no. my culture, I don't want to be like, let me tell you how I year is European explain to you. <laughs> but I, w- I would like your idea of like what you think, like, how did I help you to use your own culture and experience to understand the thing that was outside of that culture? And no, I, I like that. I, um, I kind of like the idea of, um, of, uh, so, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned your Appalachian relatives and like, like most rural Choctaws are going to be, you know, not that far different, you know, except, uh, uh, everything's a lot funnier. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, but, but there is, you know, there's a lot of that same kind of similarity of, uh, of, uh, of just, just the difference between like typical American culture uh, uh, between like rural and urban. Um, so, so anyway, but like, uh, you know, I think I really kind of picture this moment of them, like, uh, you know, of, uh, Daphne finding, uh, um, finding Tanager like 
nervous to go into the girls' room, um, and you know, and uh, and maybe just kind of like pulling her in and being like, it, like, it, you know, it's it, it's you know, it's it. You don't have to like, you don't have to pick basically, and, and kind of giving her that uh, that understanding, like, it, like it's it, you know, like fitting. It's sort of, it's sort of that idea of like um, because you've been able to just kind of come in here and be chill about you know about being confronted with all of this weird new magic like it, like let yourself feel the same way about how you are in your body and with your with your gender identity like 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 you're so you're you're so comfortable with like uh, mixing potions differently like why are you nervous about going into the bathroom uh, um you know uh, just come with me and let's do our makeup you know yeah um, i like that yeah so and, and i i think maybe that's that's probably that kind of kindness is is why she like uh, uh like why tanager is more um uh, more more patient with Riley maybe than a lot of other Daphne. people are or Daphne <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah no one's patient <laughs> with Riley that's <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah um, yeah I, I like that I, I like having that that bond of of like they may not be the type of people who would hang out right now but but there's definitely they're both going through something that's in many ways very similar and and like where Tanager is comfortable uh and uh um where tanager is comfortable daphne is awkward and where daphne is comfortable tanager is awkward yeah i feel like we're both coming into this situation with culture shock but from the exact opposite sides of things like you're coming like we're both we're both culture shocked by the exact same location but for the exact opposite reasons yeah right Yeah. yeah 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 and neither of us got to feel very comfortable wearing a dress at home you know yeah yeah. Okay. They're very uh, Especially oh, when it's yeah. hot out. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Right? Why are you wearing why are you wearing pants when it's in the yeah. 90s? Yeah. Um right. yes. And you know what? You can your gender identity can be anything. And you can wear a dress when it's hot out. I mean whatever <laughs> hey, you want. It, but if it makes you very uncomfortable, you don't have to either. So right. you, just, you should be allowed to. <laughs> whatever you want, you want. That's yeah. the message of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, this, yes. this program. No compulsory clothing. Yeah. Um, well some so, compulsory clothing because we live in yeah, please wear clothes. That's that's another message. Unless you're in a place where you're not supposed to, and then you're okay with that. <laughs> I have a power thing happening. If there's one thing we believe here, it's to follow social cues unless you shouldn't follow them. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, Tanager, this is our last yes. uh, relationship question. Okay. Uh, blank convinced you to do something risky, and you did it. What did you do? Um... I, I want to put something here with Dante. Um, uh, it feels a little odd that Dante might convince me to do something uh, risky unless it was a not intentionally risky. Do, um, do you have a thought here? Or, yeah, go ahead. If you want to do another question, we can, but I'm interested in this train of thought. So, Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I would really like for Tanager and Dante to have uh, have a uh, you know have a, an event that we had together. You know, I feel like I have yeah. a scene in my brain with uh, like uh, with um, with both Melody and Daphne. I don't feel like I got that scene 
with with Dante yet. What if it uh, was? Even, yeah. Uh, so well, maybe, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it would probably. I mean, I think my my honestly, the, where that would come from for me would be my lack of knowledge of like limits within the magical world, and uh-huh. so you know maybe we were in a class or it was after class or we're in a dormitory or something, and um, and and I said something along the lines of, "Wait, what do you mean you can't do this?" or like, "What do you mean this isn't possible?" Like, you know, it's it's magic. Yeah. It's got to be, and so you're like, "Oh." Okay, I mean, yeah, I suppose it could be. Let's try it out. And then, boom, something explodes in our face. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of... of, of um, like, like either out of you wanting to impress the new kid for some reason or be like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, why is that a limit? Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, I would definitely be up for trying something that everybody says, no, you can't actually do this. Um, and, uh, is there a, is there a specific type of spell maybe that's just really difficult to do? Like is teleportation difficult in this world or like time, time manipulation or something like that? Or, um, speaking as the GM. Uh-huh. manipulation is very difficult in this world <laughs> okay all right <laughs> yeah so um yeah so so maybe uh maybe we were you know maybe we were uh we were talking and uh you know and maybe there was this moment where uh, uh we were talking about all this weird magic stuff that we had uh, you know uh that we're both being exposed to on a daily basis like what the fuck that, can, that and and we're like well, obviously, like, uh, you know, you can, like, slow down time around you. Like, uh, obviously, you can. Like, if you can slow down, you know, uh, uh, I'm like, well, you know, maybe you fly by, like, manipulating gravity. And you're like, well, if you can manipulate gravity, you can manipulate time. And Yeah, yeah, you know, there you go. Kind of, you scienced me into trying time manipulation. And, uh, and, and I'm like, yeah. And, uh, and, and we and, did it by dropping that of some slimy magical potion out of a window. So, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, you know, to say, well, yeah, obviously, for slowing down time, we can slow this thing down, and one of right. us can go down there and be ready to catch it when it kind of comes down from the ground or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, I like that. I, I feel like, yeah, um, yeah, I, I like. We decided. We figured out how to do it. And, uh, and, and you're going to, you're going to drop it and slow it down while I try to run down the stairs and speed myself up. And, uh, and, um, and it turned out that, uh, that no matter how we did it and we did it like 12 times and every single time it like busted on my face. (laughs) Um, and I, and I smelled like stinky goo for like several days oh there we go or, there we go yeah. or e- either that or we we were doing it outdoors and we accidentally yeah. dropped it on one of the rare cryptid creatures that are in oh. the, the reserve <laughs> right oh. yeah. and yeah. it ended up causing like a certain portion of this population of like you know i i, I don't know turtle slugs to to <laughs> Yeah. Glow, glow green and smell like rotten eggs for about a week, which just caused all sorts of havoc in the school. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I actually like turtle slugs. Lovely. I'm writing down turtle that's, slugs. That's from the Avatar school of, <laughs> yeah, of magic. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, more location questions, and we are going to uh, resume with you, uh, Tanager. Um, this is the uh, the question here is someone in our location is in direct competition with you or one of your friends. Who is it? It's an NPC. Oh, um, uh, okay. I think that this, um, 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 so, uh, I think there's, um, do we want a, a boy or a girl rival or a non-binary right? I feel like we need, like, I feel like I want a boy rival just to, you know, because yeah. men suck. No offense, uh, uh, anyone who's, uh, I th- sorry, I think that's Jay. <laughs> oh, we totally do. <laughs> yeah, totally do. Yeah. Sorry, but boys suck. Um, and uh, um, so I kind of want a boy rival, but, you know, we can maybe or maybe not redeem him. Uh, but yeah, his his name is um, uh, Leopold nice. Her- Harrington Cates. And he's Harrington Case. Okay. Cates. C A T E S. It's hyphenated. Okay. They're of the New Hampshire Harrington Cases, <laughs> not the Baltimore Harrington Cases. <laughs> uh, That's too yeah. bad. The Baltimore ones are actually pretty cool, but the New Hampshire ones are pretty <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 Why, um, do, why does he not like you and your friends? Um, well, it's actually, it's, actually, uh, it's actually Daphne that he doesn't like. Uh, because. He is American old money, and Daphne <laughs> is Daphne is this uh, posh British girl, um, and uh, right, you're posh, right? Oh, very yeah. posh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Daphne is this super posh British girl, and uh, and actually, like the one person who can like literally or well, not figuratively uh, look down on him. You know, like, like he has all of the privilege and power in the world, but he doesn't have like, you know, he doesn't have a pedigree back to, uh, you know, like ancient times. Um, it's so so he's he's very threatened by Daphne and and the fact that she's she's redefining uh, um, what it means to be fancy here. <laughs> and he doesn't like his position at the top of the snob chain being challenged. I love the idea that someone with the last name Harrington Cates, Daphne's family would be like, well, they're new money. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're new magic. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love your little charms. It's very cute. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daphne, um, the uh, next question that you have in the locations is what event or holiday is celebrated more than any other in our location? And we can couldn't have another if you don't have a if you feel we've already answered oh, that no. with Anchor Day. It can be a different. Oh yeah, Anchor Day is pretty solid because I was saying, I love I love a good holiday in 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 role play, but I think if we already have Anchor Day, then I think we can probably do something different. Okay, mm-hmm. we we can invent a new one, or I can give you a different question. Um, if I may, I'd suggest maybe a new question. 
Yeah, uh, I think New Hutchinson yeah. has a variety. I, I mean, we can we can we can think of holidays while we're playing, but I think since Anchor Day was well, wait, so wait a minute. What if Anchor oh. Day is the overall Shelter Cove holiday? But the school itself. Yeah, I was trying to think of like a school oh, holiday. Like, okay. like, I think yeah. the school the could big, have like a you know, dance, summer dance some or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. I think that. I think that each. I think that each like solstice and equinox has a associated, mm-hmm. uh, like dance involved with it, and I think that each one also like kind of harkens to like a different fae court that and, like that like like that that's like the the uh, yeah. decorations Ooh. for it. So I think that each one. Like really, we haven't really talked yet if our school has houses or not. But like, I wonder if like each one owns a different like dance or like mm-hmm. and has like it's like maybe a competition each year of like who's going to go the most out for this particular like event. So maybe it's not even houses, but like different school organizations have mm-hmm. these different events, or it could even be like types of classes i don't know but there could be like so there's a there's a there's an autumn one there's a spring one there's a summer one there's a winter one and like yeah. it's a really big deal each time and each each event someone else is in charge of it and they're all trying to outdo the other ones every time there's mm-hmm. eight there's eight major um feast days in pagan traditions and yeah. um, i think it's yeah i think there's plenty of room there to play around with um, mm-hmm. um daphne who are you hoping to ask or have asked you to the next dance? It doesn't have to be anyone if that question is not something you're interested in, but I uh, feel like we need more student NPCs. So, Yeah, uh, I think that there is a... There's a, a girl named Caitlin, and I think she is also... She's on the other side of the Inkwood family. Like, she's the, like, the like actual side that's, like, attached to the school. And it's spelled K-A-T-E-L-Y-N. And I think that she's, I think that like, as a character who's kind of still a little bit classist and obsessed with status, <laughs> I think there is kind of that like, well, of course, if I'm going to date anyone at the school, it should be Caitlin Inkwood and like <laughs> that kind of vibe to it. And so I think that like, she has like set her sights on her in like a, almost like, I think there's like, a tinge of a sense of like, well, if Caitlin Inkwood would go out with me, then like that would prove that like, I'm still really important and I matter a lot. Like, mm. I think that's like a thing that's like, important mm-hmm. to, and I think, I mean, I think she's actually, I, th- I don't even know. I'm not even sure if she's necessarily someone she actually has a real crush on or if it's like an ambition thing. Like it's like a, I, I need to have this status thing of this person that, that is right there. And I think it might be even like, maybe she's like even competing with the, um, the 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 new what was what was the, the Kate's what was what was the oh the Harrington Kate's the Harrington Kate's kid I think like he yeah. and I are both competing for Caitlin Inkwood's attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just gave me a, a, a school hot girl that everyone's fighting over to play. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna, put that, I'm gonna write that um, name down. Melody, oh. um, the next question is: A powerful group supports our location. Who are they, and how do they support us? Hmm. Can I have a new question? Yeah. <laughs> Our location occasionally participates in a competitive event. What is that event? Uh, I want another question. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Some people in our location are superstitious. What do they believe brings misfortune? Oh, okay. I like that one. 
Um, let's see. I feel like I feel like it's like the wider town and not the school itself. Um, but I feel like they. Um, no, you know what? I think it's actually uh, the school itself. Um, I think they feel that, um, like seeing, uh, like emblems and stuff from the other Magic Ink schools is not good luck. And I feel like it's something just among the students. Like if someone has like a scarf from the British school or, a you know, Letterman's jacket from the East Coast school or something like that, like the, the... The fact it's not like an official thing, but like uh, the the hippie commune started like they didn't want that stuff around, so they kind of like built up like this superstition of like, oh no, that's that's not good luck if like that stuff's around. Is there one of the? Is there another <laughs> magic school that um, that Inkwood has a okay relationship with? Yeah, I think there are a couple like uh, similarly like free spirited schools slash communes slash like you know uh, educational collectives in in the united states um i think that inkwood is like the most developed of them and the only one that like the other schools even acknowledge um but i think that that inkwood gets along more with those other ones well okay cool so we're like brown <laughs> I, I could see us being that, yeah. We're like, oh, okay, like <laughs> the equivalent. <laughs> uh, last question on locations, Dante. Our location has a place that you feel is cursed or bad luck. What is it? Um, I'm going to say that the monastery has an old cupola. Mm. On the rooftop, widow's mm. walk extending out on either side. And I've heard rumors about it. And I myself have, you know, I get the heebie-jeebies when I'm up there. Um, but I I don't, I have conclusive as far as anything odd or weird happening up there. Uh, you might know this. Is Is that couple of haunted? You know what? Actually, let me take this in a different okay. I'm going to say that I have seen things up there that mm. I cannot explain. You know, I've seen mm. lights, maybe even lights forming a figure, but I haven't I haven't expressed that to anybody because it might just be magic. And I don't want to look like a like I don't know what I'm talking about. That is Okay. And our uh, second and last group question is the chariot reversed. So together, the four of you failed to reach an important milestone or goal. Why did you fail? Maybe we were in charge of one of those dances and it wasn't very well executed because we couldn't get on the same page about it. Like we're all, we're all coming to different points of view and we never quite 
learned how to mesh well together. So the dance was just kind of like a big CF of like, this doesn't quite go with this. This is not the right mm-hmm. vibe for this or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that, but I want to try and push it a little further. Like what made it truly epically bad or maybe even like magically irresponsible. Or I'm also open to doing something so we're not just using the thing we already established. Like, maybe we want to build something brand new for this, too. That's also... What if we were, like, in charge of, like, welcoming the new arrival class? And it was something, Mm -hmm. like, sort sort of like what Riley was saying about, like, we were in charge of, like, planning this welcome event. And, but, like... We not only did we do a bad job of it, but we like gave them like it, like purposefully or not purposefully, like who knows? Um, like we gave them like maps that were wrong, so they had no idea where they were going. Yeah. We like <laughs> wanted to show off, so we taught them a spell that was like way out of order. So now all these younger kids know this fairly dangerous spell. Yeah, and like they got they got all the wrong. We 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 mixed up the uh, the welcome envelopes, and everybody went to the wrong dormitories or like. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, rooms and, and that ended up, the administration ended up having to like rearrange everybody. And uh-huh. that was just a headache for the staff. Yeah. I, I, and the, uh, yeah. the, the resident, uh, you know, what, what are they? Yeah. The, uh, the, the four residents or whatever they are. There's a rumor R-A. that at least one first year has not been found yet. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> doesn't mean that they haven't been, but we've been like, that's the rumor the yeah. kids are circulating. It's like, yeah. there's, yeah. there's a kid that no one's found yeah. yet. Yeah. They don't know where they are. I definitely think that we like, there's supposed to be like this little spell you teach people who first arrive is like a magical, like, congratulations, you're here at school. Right. Yeah. And we thought it was boring or something. So we were like, what, let's make up our own spell for them to do or something. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's important too, because I think we need to have like something that not just like we missed up the, the 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 maps, but like literally now these children are in danger, not like real danger, but like we screwed up so badly. So it's like something that's a little bit unforgivable for a while. Yeah. Maybe uh, that we welcome spell to... that they learn is supposed to be like a key for things. And we didn't realize that. And so we didn't teach them that now, like a bunch of kids, like it's like it's like. If it was like you get and give them their key card so they can't get into their different rooms and like and like so now somebody has to go around to each of those kids and find them and teach them how to do it and like code that spell to them or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What it's what if it's the opposite and kids ended up learning how to get into other people's <gasps> Oh my gosh. Spaces. I like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Instead of like their key code, we accidentally gave them like the skeleton key yeah, code. So now yeah. they can and all then, get in yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And then they still have to get their own, so you know. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. Now everybody has to be on, you know, all of the staff have to be diligent, make sure nobody's going into anybody's spaces inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they have yeah, to lock all like their that. stuff. Yeah, that's oh, really boy. good. Oh mm-hmm. boy. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh man. Um so returning to the character creation sheet, as you can see, there's a lot of nerdy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you get to make your wand, you get to pick your broom, you get to do yeah. all this stuff. I think we're going to do a lot of that off mic because it mm-hmm. is, you know, th- there's a lot of information in the book and I don't want it to be sitting here and reading the uh, people mm-hmm. that information. If it becomes germane in play, we may uh, stop to explain it. Um, but yeah, I would, I would prefer the, the four of you do that uh, in your own time and just sort of, um, I don't know, DM me the information on Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to do something about uh, with your favorite class, and the instructor of that class, 
Um, so I have, I have that. I want to do that. And then I have a couple other small things I want to do before we break. So uh, who has an idea for their favorite class and who might be the instructor of that class? Before we do that, can I just ask one question about sure. what we just talked about, the, the brooms and the wands? I'm not sure yet about building character sheets for the system. So just so we know, so we, when we break to do our own thing, like, let's say like if we take a broom and you get a plus one to these checks when you're in, when you're flying, like where do I add, do I, do I just put a plus one on like where it says stats or do I put it under yeah, magic? Uh, so, so um, for that, um, there are times when you'll be making stat checks that mm-hmm. are not magical and you put stat bonuses. Like for example, as upper class people, uh, we get plus one to fight and brawn in stat checks. So you would put plus okay. one in that space, but not if we're spell casting with fight. If, yeah, but okay. for the for the for the brooms and the wands, the bonuses they give you are for casting spells, and so you would put that on in the magic the, the magic portion. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. okay, that makes more sense now. Okay, thank you because that was like what does that two mean? Different, yeah, okay, yep. now I get yeah, it. Totally cool. It yeah. is annoying. I love <laughs> this game, but it's annoying. Um, <laughs> I'm sure once I actually go through and like read a lot of yeah. sections now, I'll understand. I was waiting. Yeah. I was waiting until we built the world a bit more, and I understood where people were before mm-hmm. I started filling this. Kind of yeah, thing. it's interesting because it's it's still pretty rules light, but it is certainly crunchier than kids on bikes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I only played a one shot of it, and uh, and it was uh, the the GM basically had a spreadsheet with uh, all the different like with all kinds of different like to calculate all the. Yeah, all the magic rules and all that. Yeah. Sometimes I think I think rules heavy or crunchy can be easier than rules light because crunchy, it's like it makes sense where everything goes. Yeah. Whereas when it's rules light, you're like, wait, so where does this go? Where does yeah. what is this? Yeah, plus? yeah, yeah. Totally. But yeah, we played it without hardly rolling anything, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My preference is always that I just, you know, we just we just figure everything out by talking yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <no worries. laughs> um, I think there were, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I occasionally, if you just tell me an idea that delights me, I might just let you do it. That's the kind of person I am. Um, yeah. So, yeah. uh, instructors, of classes, oh. uh, and if anyone has ideas in those regards, please yeah, let I've, me know. I've got one. Uh, so I'm going to say that Dante's favorite class is advanced broom handling, mm. uh, comma stunts. So, uh, and that is being taught by, um, Kaoru Hamamichi who go nickname Zippers or Professor Zippers. <laughs> and I'm going to post that in the chat. Um, uh, Professor Hamamichi was a um, famous Japanese broom racer uh, until an accident took them out of the, uh, you know, professional racing circuit. And now they teach at, uh, they teach at our school. Nice. And that's a, they, them pronouns. Uh, yes, they then. Okay. Uh, who else has a class they are interested in? I think it's probably fairly obvious that I think that uh, Daphne's favorite class or most focused class is Transfiguration. Um, okay. I think mm-hmm. that she's a little bit like really focused on like trying to unlock the magic that will let her just change her body permanently. Um, so I think like she's really focused on that. Um, and I think the professor is Professor Trivell, T-R-I-V-E-L-L. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, she, her. And I haven't really figured out who the professor, what, what she's like yet. But I think she's, I mean, I'm imagining her being someone who's, you know, 
trying to think of like what type of teacher she would be. Is she that like that just kind of like there's always that one teacher that is just you know pretty and smart and then you talk to them and you find out they like they like excelled at everything that they did and they're just almost like too good to be true but somehow they are because they're just that good <laughs> like <laughs> like ours ours was miss lindley she was the journalism teacher and she was just she was just so clever and intelligent and kind to everybody but also just wickedly uh, uh, like wicked sense of humor in just the right way and you know, but yeah i don't know I if you like that trope i think kind of going a little bit off of what you just said like like you saying your teacher i just realized like i remember my favorite teacher in high school was my english teacher mrs mallory and she was like really like she was like someone who really made me think outside the box on a lot of things. Like she's like the first person that made that taught me that film could be literature and like mm. how like watching certain movies could be read with like a critical eye the same way you would a book that you read. And she was like the first teacher that really taught me how to like really analyze the structure of of literature as like as a thing that like you could like really get a lot of lessons. Like it used to just be like we would read a book and then we'd be given like a worksheet. Like what was the author saying? They were saying like it would just it was all like we like up until a certain point studying literature was always almost like studying facts. Like it was always like, these are the exact lessons to learn from. And this is exactly what the author meant. And we all know this. Whereas she was the one who first like, let me understand, like there are different critical ways to look at things. And there are different Mm -hmm. ways that you can interpret something uh, or authors can speak in metaphor and can be interpreted in multiple ways. And that's like part of the fluidity of literature. And I wonder if a transfiguration professor would be very similar to that in like, there are lots of ways of looking at the physical world and here, like, I think like a science teacher would be like, this is the exact fact, like, like we've, like we've science has studied this thing and this is how you do it. Whereas someone whose job is the opposite of like any object can be a different object would probably have a lot more of that kind of vibe of mm-hmm. looking at things out. Cause like, it was like, what, what are the things about this object that would make it like, how do you turn this, 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 hay, this straw into gold? Like what, what are the details of it that would switch it? So I, so I think I might be thinking more, she might be more of like the, original like hippie-ish kind of people that yeah. were like, part of the school originally oh. and had that kind of vibe for it like really inviting people to think inside the box and be interesting yeah. element of it yeah that's fun and i got there because of what you said about like i have people <laughs> like this i'm like wait i had a teacher who i think is perfect right, yeah. for this kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. and her yeah. can her first name be emily yes <laughs> emily travell oh yeah nice emily travell <laughs> I like that you've you've basically you made you the coolest teacher at the school and also the whole scroll at the school that everybody wants to like. Yep. You let me play. I get to play the cool kids. Like that's right? the thing I get to do. It's great. I mean, I'm... Uh, who else has a class? Uh, either uh, Kimmy or um, Adam. Class. Do you, have, do you have one, Kimmy? I have an idea. Um, I feel like there's a mundane studies class, which is like. Oh. generic like English and reading and how to have a bank account in the regular world <laughs> and like just all you know how to get your driver's license and you know it's all one class <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it's not a lot they don't go they don't go in depth over anything but it's just like just all this public school so yeah exactly so they're, you're gonna need to like 
all the basic stuff you need to like sort of know to like pass in society as like non-magical if you're going to like go to the movies and stuff. Um, and I think that's taught by Annabelle Appleton. Um, and uh, I think that's that's um, Melody's favorite class. Like she just loves like like poetry and like writing things and like all these non-magical things because I think she's not good at the magical classes. So this is one class where she feels like she can keep up with everything because it doesn't require any magical ability. This is a question you can reject. Is Annabelle non-magical and have no real idea what she's doing? Like she's been told some other thing. Uh, like she's, you know, yeah. I feel like that's amazing. And I I can't say no to that idea. Okay. Right. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Annabelle's just like a, like an English teacher who every once in a while is like, I got to go teach these kids at this weird school yeah. about how to get a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, what uh, curriculum do you want me to use? Like, what? Okay. Okay. I'm teaching driving today. And how, how to use an ATM machine? What? Okay. Like, it's very weird. And she's like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 Adam. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, uh, so um, Tanager's favorite class and favorite teacher is Defense Against Malicious Magic. Um, mm. And uh, this is taught by Professor Wendell Parker, um, who I'm picturing as Jonathan Majors. Um, anyway, so Jonathan Majors is... He's in um, Lovecraft Country, and he's uh, Kang in in um, Marvel. Yeah. Um, and and I think he, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he's just that kind of like, just that kind of stoic, um, like rock solid guy that just like, <laughs> like he's just very matter of fact about everything. And I think Tanager loves that because like. He just says things as they are, and uh, you know, and um, and uh, they're super happy to just have somebody be really direct about all this stuff, um, especially when it's dumb. And he's like, "I don't know why this works, but it does. This is what you do." <laughs> like, uh, you know, and I, I think he's, uh, I, I think she, she just sees him as this like, uh, this like pillar of calm and coolness in this crazy weird world that she's uh, experiencing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say that uh, Inkwood is famous for its famously long tenured defense against malicious magic. Officers ah. who are there, you know, the, the shortest <laughs> term was someone was there for 15 years and then they just retired peacefully. It was very right. Nice. Yes. Cause they're yeah. actually really good at defending against dark arts. Yeah. So they don't right? really yeah. replace them very often. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, professor yeah. Parker has been there like 10 years. So, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, and everybody just assumes he's going to be around for another like 30. probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we are running out of time, so I want to do two quick short things. We didn't do a thing where you described yourself, and I often find that uh, kind of limiting. So what I want to do is tell me when a person looks at you, what's the first thing they notice? It can be a vibe. It can be the color of your eyes. It can be what you're wearing. What's the first thing they notice? Uh, and I'm going to start uh, with Daphne. I think she has very, very, like, very dark black hair like it is it is almost like 
it almost feels like someone dyed it black. Like it's that level of black. Um, like it's, it, it is her natural color, but it does not look like it. It's like, it's almost like, it's like, and it's like this, like, just, it draws your eyes almost immediately. It's like a black hole, just the gravity of your eyes to it. Tanager. Uh, hmm. uh, I, I think just, um, uh, no frills. Um, it, expression, uh, clothing, everything, just no frills. I mean, just almost exclusively just a baggy t-shirt and jeans, uh, you know, um, like a plain denim jacket, uh, when a jacket is required and like, um, and, uh, his hair is always, uh, you know, um, uh, always like just super long and usually free. Um, it, but, uh, but yeah, just, um, yeah, no makeup, but still just like, yeah, Everything is just unassuming in so many ways. Great. Uh, Dante. Um, oh, but Tanager's super hot. Though. The, no frills, super hot. Daphne's <laughs> yeah. yeah, really so, hot also. It's just, it's gotta nice. be, yeah. It's gotta be clear. So She's a hottie descendant. So. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in contrast to that, Dante's very unassuming. Uh, Dante has a head of scruffy black hair. Uh, he's about my skin tone, but I'd say that when people first see Dante, they notice uh, dark freckles on his face, which is actually kind of uncommon. Hmm. And Melody. Um, I think she has badly dyed, like bright blue hair. Because she loves Sonic, but she's also terrible at magic, so she has to actually like really dye her hair, and she's just not very good at it. Um, so I think that's what it is. It's just like not well done and like weird, messed up. But it's like bright, bright like crayon blue, it, depending on how faded it is. Because she has to do it for real. <laughs> final final question is: This is an, this is an Emily special. The Hexbreakers are one of the most famous, uh, like, legends in Magic World across the world. What is one thing you've heard about them that you think might be true? Um, and you can decide whatever that is. I think that there are many different legends about the Hexbreakers. So um, I will start with uh, Adam, because I don't think I've started with you yet tonight. <laughs> uh and we don't correct me if I'm wrong, but you haven't told us anything about what hex breakers are yet, right? Uh, no, I will no. tell you that uh, they uh, there are many legends about them. Um, I can give you just sort of a direction to head in if you want, but yeah, I would love that if you if you would. Yeah. They are famous for time magic. <gasps> Ooh, okay, all right, um, okay. Uh, I think. Uh, the thing that I've heard about the hex breakers is that uh, every single one of them was born on uh, um, on the lunar new year of uh, of nineteen hundred. Okay. Uh, Dante. What I've heard is that when you get taken into their ranks, you never leave. Once a hexbreaker, always a hexbreaker. 
even when you die. And so their leadership is actually composed and their upper ranks are actually composed of the spirits of dead hexbreakers. Is that me? I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. I, mean, I, I think I cut I didn't out for get a either, so. Yeah. I, I thought Emily was like really dramatically pausing. Yeah, I mean, too, I was like. Really profound. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, okay. I think I didn't say it into my microphone enough. Okay. I was looking down. Stretching <laughs> notes. Yes, Melody. Okay. Um, I heard that they were so powerful because they were able to use their time magic and get so and save some really powerful spells from the library at, at Alexandria. Yeah. And that's they've got these like super magic spells that like have been lost for ages. And I want to change my answer to 1900 BC. Ooh. Oh, oh wow! Okay, not <laughs> that way. <laughs> uh, we're, we're actually we're going to use the actual term. It was BCE, which is before Common Era, and then Common Era. So that way, we're pulling yeah. away from the biblical yeah. timestamps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the hill, not, like hill, I'm gonna die on as my fourth grade self, teacher self. Like, no, no, I know, not. right? Yeah, BCE yeah. and CE. Come on, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not AD, it's CE. Yeah, Daphne, what have you heard about the hexbreakers? I've heard that the hexbreakers tried to prevent World War One um, because of all the destruction that happened from it. But they failed because in real life, World War One, the the assassination of R2 Ferdinand is like full of like all these coincidences and things that didn't go right. Yeah. Now, in my mind, I always think it's like, it sounds like time travelers tried to stop it, but never were successful. <gasps> and so I think that the Hexbreak, there's a rumor that the Hexbreakers being time mages, that was like their their major attempt to try to alter the course of human history. And every attempt they tried to make just made it, just pushed it towards happening more and more. Mm-hmm. And like each little thing that was like a coincidence was them trying to alter it. And then something else happened for it. So mm-hmm. and they actually made the war worse by doing that. Mm. Right. Well, we will be back here next week. Um, just a reminder to you folks, please send me the things you come up with as you mm-hmm. filling out your character sheets. We'll be back with all of you next week to uh, continue uh, to enter the magical, mystical world of the Inkwood Sanctuary for understanding for universal Uni- development, universal something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get it. It's, it's written fine. down. I put my notebook aside. What <laughs> a bad move. By, and that's equal with an E at the end, right? That's what we decided on at the yeah, school. I think so, yes. I think yeah. so yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, Caitlin Inkwood has an E on her name. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Kate, got Caitlin Inkwood. I do so good. So great. So excited to play her. I wish I would given I'm her gonna, a better magical name. I'm just going to spend the next week thinking about her outfits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like Caitlin is like, Chef's like the yeah, perfect thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty magical if you ask me. <laughs> oh, I think she's very magical. Especially yeah. the spelling. The spelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> um, so as we are wrapping up, why don't y'all tell folks where they can find you and where they can follow your adventures? And let's start with Jay. Howdy folks. Uh so once again, I am Jay Africa. You can follow me on Instagram at TransplantAsian and on Twitter at Jay Africa. You can also follow me on Facebook. Uh feel free to send me a friend request. My profile is public. Uh and learn about all of my exploits there. Cool. And uh Adam. 
Uh, hi, uh, I am Adam, and you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Hubuck. That's H-O-O-B-U-K. Uh, and uh, you can find me here, uh, I'll be on this show for a while. And also, uh, I've been trying, well, once I'm over COVID, I'll be at the advice show again uh, pretty regularly because uh, I love it. And, uh, and then I'm also, uh, it's not for several months, but I am going to be starting up another online game with a, another streaming uh, channel. So, ah, so uh, anyway, it uh, seems like it's going to be fun, but I'll give you more info about that eventually. So that's it. Yeah. Uh, Riley. Hey, everybody. I'm Riley Silverman. You can find me on Twitter at Riley J. Silverman, Instagram at Riley Silverman, uh, website RileySilverman.com. I wrote a Star Wars book that is coming out later on this year at the uh, at either at the end of August, beginning of September. I'm not sure. I think that they got, might got pushed back about a week. But it is called Exploring Tatooine of the Illustrated Guide. And it is a guide to all the cool, fun and wild adventures that have happened on the planet of Tatooine across all the films, the TV shows and all the canon books and, and novels as well, the comics and novels. So it's a bunch of cool events that are all mashed together and really fun uh, illustrations. So I'm really looking forward to that. So uh-huh. check that out on uh, basically wherever you get your books. So go to your favorite bookseller or online and you can pre-order it. And that would be fantastic for me if you would do that. So I really appreciate it. Uh, your family local bookstore or any online retailer as well. There's actually a really cool shop called uh, bookshop.org, I think, where you can actually order online from your local bookstore, which is cool. You can usually find the bookstore and they get the sale for it. It's great. And then uh, role play. Playing game wise, I am the GM for a Doctor Who role playing game podcast called The Game of Rassilon. We are currently in our fourth season. I started GMing this season. I was the Doctor previously, but I regenerated into a game Missy. So <laughs> I, uh, I am now running that game. And we just launched our new season recently. So it's a good time to jump on at the start of it. Uh, Kim? Hi, I'm Kimmy. Um, you can't. You can find me at Golden Lasso Girl on most social media. Um, I'm also, if you want to like hear my talking specifically about role playing games, you can find me at Golden Lasso RPGs on social media everywhere. Um, and if you want to find the games that I've written, including Decimo, which you saw played here tonight, you can go to GoldenLassoGames.com and pretty much every Happy Jacks account I run. So if you need to get in touch with me, it's super easy. So. I am uh, Emily St. James. I have been your game master. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EmilyBDW. Uh, you can find my writing all over the internet, but mostly at Fox. Um, uh, and uh, I have a newsletter, EmilyBDW.letterdrop.com. And you can listen to the first two seasons of my scripted fiction podcast, Arden, at ArdenPodcast.com. Uh, we won an award one time, so that lets you know it's good because bad things never win awards. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, I will be back here on a near weekly basis uh, playing out this story. Uh, I think you're going to have a lot of fun. I think we're going to have some good twists and turns across the next uh, several weeks. So I look forward to seeing everybody back here next week as we explore the world of Hexbreakers. Until then, thank you so much. See you all. This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.